0: Welcome to Exiting Through the 2010s, a podcast where we reflect and dissect the movies of the past 10 years. I'm your host, Jack Draper, and with me as always is my co-host, Clay Williams.
1: Actually, this is uh, Clay in 30 years in the future. Um, I'm trying to outrun original Clay, because he's trying to kill me. So, do you guys want to know anything? I'm like, I have like five minutes. Do you want to know anything What happens in the future? There's like seven Joker sequels. (laughs) It's pretty bad.
0: Oh my goodness.
1: Well, that just means he directs the the last Marvel movie ever.
0: Is Todd Phillips nominated for Best Director?
2: Oh, he's won five of them. (laughs) Each one for a Joker film, or does he, like, throw a Hangover 7 in there at some point? (laughs) No,
1: we're actually on Hangover 20. Bradley Cooper's basically a head in a jar at this point.
0: Does President Barack Obama admit that he likes Joker?
1: Wait, you oh, think Barack okay.
2: Obama's going to become president again?
0: <laughs> what did I say?
2: <laughs> no, he already... No, he, he did... He, he's already had three... He's already served three terms. <laughs> so this is like a Watchmen alternate universe where, like, people just get elected president and stay there until they die? I'm sorry, Bush it's... The, it, no, it's the real future. I'm just like, oh, no, he's back. He's... Oh, 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 oh. This sorry,
3: is you always,
2: got rid of You gotta got to check your me. inner arm and make sure God. that no one's trying to write you a message. God,
1: sorry about that. I mean... Oh, cool! Gold. I like gold.
0: Well, <laughs> this bit has been brought to you by this week's movie. Um, wait, wait,
1: so wait, wait. We need to introduce someone, right? I'm sorry, I was too. I'm I'm trying to get rid of the body, so you might as well introduce someone. Yeah.
0: Um, this week is. This week's guest is Brian Rowan of the Film Stage. Woo! And um,
3: stealing and, Bill's um, bit.
0: <laughs> Hello. <Mr. laughs> I'll, I'll be Michael and. uh... And yeah, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and how your relationship to film and your relationship to Looper?
2: Uh, yeah, so Brian J. host of the Film Stage show. Um, I also am a movie critic, also for thefilmstage.com. I've been doing this for ten years in some capacity, and uh, yeah, Looper. Is a great movie by a director who is one of the directors who I kind of sometimes feel like I own because I am the guy who introduced Ryan Johnson to all my friends. Um, I think I saw the trailer for Brick on a DVD of The Constant Gardener that I bought in a grocery store. And you cut. yeah, I, uh, I remember because I watched the trailer for Brick like more than I watched. The constant gardener which is a movie that i enjoy <laughs> and i would make people watch the constant gardener and i'd be like oh but the most important part of this is we can't skip the trailers because you 100 percent have to see the trailer for brick and then they'd see it and they go "Damn, movie looks awesome and i'd say yes it does and luckily i was going to school at the university of maryland when it came out and so i was able to drag like four people into dc to go see brick in a, an indie theater and uh, from that moment on, my love affair with Ryan Johnson was born. I saw him in person when he premiered his uh, follow-up, uh, *The Brothers Bloom*, in the same theater. And then I was like first day, like at the theater for *Looper*. So yeah. And then uh, I just I watch I this movie all the time. It's a great flick. Joseph Gordon-Levitt doing the Lord's work with some cool facial prosthetics. Bruce Willis, just like what, this might be his last good role. <laughs>
0: I have, I have My take is that it's his best role.
2: That is Whoa. also possibly true. I know Whoa. that he's had, like, really good ones, but, like, I am almost afraid to Whoa. click on his IMDb to see <laughs> what what he's done since this.
0: That's a deep, dark hole I don't want to get out of.
2: He was okay. good
1: in Glass. Yeah, I was going to say, that was going to be my glass? thing. I think he's actually good in Glass. Sam I think he's Jackson, actually glass.
0: for me, is the real star in the best well, performance obviously. out of that one.
1: Wait, 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 wait. Are we, like, McAvoy's the best performance in both
2: split and, like, come on. Oh, yeah, I would say, but that doesn't discount that Bruce Willis is doing a good job in Glass. I agree, I agree. So, like, and Moonrise Kingdom apparently, according to IMDb, came out before Looper.
0: But they're both 2012, right?
2: Yes, they are both 2012, so those sync up, and then everything else I'm kind of like, eh. except for like his uncredited cameo in Split and his work in Glass. But right. well, he won a... an Oscar for that cameo, right? <laughs> yeah, the internet just bestowed an Oscar <laughs> upon him. Right. And then he was he's in Motherless Brooklyn, which is a movie that I have the screener of but have not yet decided to watch. Mm. And I love the book, so that lets you know how excited I am for that movie.
0: Not a lot of people have decided to watch either
2: new no.
0: um clay what is your relationship with looper
1: that's a that's that's a fantastic question um this is definitely the first ryan johnson movie i watched i feel like that's for a lot of people because brick wasn't to, to, uh terribly well known even though it was his debut and it was had a lot of buzz it also isn't that accessible like online and stuff i
2: think, I think they're I had finally my... getting a blu-ray for it so yeah yeah yeah
1: um <laughs> Brothers Bloom kind of doesn't exist. I haven't seen it. I, I, I want to. I, I, I've I heard okay things. Um, of oh, course, oh, was before before move, yeah. um, this was before The Last Jedi. This was before The Last Jedi. I just I, I think I watched it pretty... I think I watched it on a plane a little after it came out. Um, and I was just kind of blown away. And this was at the time where I was just kind of watching any action movie that I could get my hands on. It was just like... Cause, I wasn't too deep in films at that point. I just wanted to watch, like, like you know, like, like gunfights or whatever. Just, like, I was that, like, teenage boy who was just, like, action, action, action. Um, and I watched it, and I'm like, oh, okay, this is actually some depth. Um, this is actually really dope. And I think I was, like, and as someone who watched a lot of action, I was a big fan of Bruce Willis. So I just checked all the boxes. And But I also, but I just loved the premise. I think the premise was the thing that kept me coming back to it, because i I. Like, uh, like you, Brian, I showed, like, all my friends Looper. I sh- I sh- any, um, we had this big hangout with a whole bunch of friends. We were just playing, like, Smash, Bros- uh, Smash Brothers for, like, days.
3: <laughs> and
1: uh, we wanted to watch a movie, and I brought over Looper. And there like, was, like, eight of us in a room, and we all watched it. And I'm pretty sure they loved it. I think two of them are bored by it because they're bored by most movies. But, um... But no, it's still an incredible movie with a great premise, and I think a really good script. Yeah. Um, and I've seen it, I would say, four or five times. How about you, Jack?
0: I remember seeing or hearing a piece of music from Brick, and I think it's Nathan Johnson who did the score. Yep. Yeah. And, his cousin. His, oh, yeah. And um, just remembering it sounded like nothing I'd heard before. I forgot the context where I had heard it, um, but yeah, it just, it just led me to Brick, and then when I saw Brick, I was like, wow, I like the music. It's like nothing I've seen before. And um, so, yeah, I think this was the next Ron Johnson I, I saw, and it was through a blind buy. Like, I just bought it on, on Blu-ray without knowing anything about it, except that it was the guy that made Brick. And, um... And yeah, and then I saw Brothers Bloom before Last Jedi, which is yeah, that's a very overlooked film that. It's very, it has a sim- similar kind of cleverness, that's kind of carried through his filmography, and um, yeah, and then Last Jedi was really great. <laughs>
2: I was about to say, are we about to like get stuck thirty minutes talking about Last Jedi because one of us is going to say it's bad? It's really great.
0: I'm not, okay, great, good.
2: I, this is good people.
0: I hesitated because I'm <clears> still <throat> confused why people don't think it's great. I I'm don't still confused. because people are dumb. Like, I, I had not We're going to talk about night. Star Wars soon on another episode, and I'm going to still be confused <laughs> after I rewatch it. <laughs>
2: I had, like, a legitimately hour-long fight with a friend about The Last Jedi, because he was the only human being I'd met in person who didn't like it, and I tried to understand why, but I was so drunk that I can't remember any (laughs) of the arguments that he made. Well, Luke didn't kill, like, 50 stormtroopers with his green lightsaber, so it was bad. Well, he wasn't even... He's not even, like, like... I'm not a Star Wars nerd, and I don't think he is either. I think he had, like, legitimate just basic story problems with it but again like because i i remember not saying to myself i can't just walk away from this guy because he's making arguments that i can counter that are not just dismissive but again i was really drunk (laughs) and i don't remember most of what we literally i can't remember a single argument he made um that was back in my drinking days what was that two years ago
0: (laughs) i just don't remember the arguments all i remember were the vodka sodas
2: Yeah, it was. I I remember. I think by that point, I had just adopted the bottle of whiskey. Mm.
3: <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Here,
0: initial here. Yeah.
2: <laughs> There's a point at any given party where I'm just like, I'm not gonna use a glass anymore. Is that cool? <laughs> like, is anyone else gonna want the last half of this? Right. We've moved I just past that period a, of glass This is ownership. So,
0: it's the ownership yeah. stage. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I've been I watching you
0: like Ryan Johnson. <laughs>
2: I've been watching you guys. I'm the only one drinking it, so I'm just going to take it. Okay. Is that, is that cool? I've been surveying
0: the land and I've decided (laughs) this is mine now. I'm the only one.
1: Um, all right. Before we move on to, well, before we stop talking about the last Jedi, which we probably should, I do want to say the only two criticisms I do have an understanding for is the humor is a little weird and maybe some, and some people think it's kind of forced or off kilter and maybe doesn't work for the movie. I get that. I disagree, and the one criticism that I do kind of understand is a uh, Canto Bite, the Casino Planet, where no,
2: incorrect. I it,
1: I don't hate it because people, a lot of people hate it. I'm just not a fan of it.
2: That's like the soul of the movie, though. Like if without that, the movie has no thesis. It has no statement loved, to
1: make. I love the message. I just wanted. I, I guess I've just felt like I just was loving the Luke stuff Luke and Ray stuff and like the idea you. of the okay. force but I, I again I don't I'm not bothered by it right I, I just know that so movie's many, great
2: so many people have said like that's a completely pointless sequence and I'm like that's the craziest goddamn thing I've ever heard it doesn't really like, the, the movie makes has no impact without it but if you're just the type of person who's just like I don't think it works as well as the other stuff I get it but for me seeing Justin throw. With a mustache, you know, oh, blowing sh- on some dice. That's worth oh, every minute of that. A Clark, oh, Clark
0: Gable-looking Justin Thoreau might I have. Justin
2: Thoreau is a handsome male. A, oh, a
0: chiseled-looking figure.
2: Love the amount of time that he is either shirtless or naked in the leftovers. Oh my god.
0: Yeah, a generous amount of shirtless time in in that show.
1: Brian, yeah, I just like, want to sure, live sure in I those. For that
0: show. Yeah.
1: I just want to live on in his chiseled body. <laughs> Just, Pretty much, I wanna, yeah. <laughs> I want to sleep in his abs.
3: Oh,
0: one of the great—sorry, one of the great beards as well.
2: Oh yeah, oh, his third-season beard. Oh, man.
1: A Jesus. And he has beard. like that. He has like that John Wick back tattoo. You yeah. know how like John Wick back, back back tattoos like covers his entire back and like a yeah. cross.
2: Which like, I oh love because it, it's clear that like, I almost feel like Damon Lindelof trolled everyone with that because he's like everyone hated when I explained Jack's tattoos in Lost so I'm going to give this guy even more ostentatious (laughs) tattoos and I'm just not going to explain them (laughs) at all and you guys can deal with that shit
0: Uh. oh my god well Justin Theroux um, was originally going to be uh, in Looper actually oh really that's what I heard maybe it was a rumor are Are you lying? No, it was I. Maybe he wasn't from Ryan Johnson, but it was supposed to be. he uh, was supposed to be Jeff Daniels' character.
2: Interesting. Yeah. Weird.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't get that. I'm not sure if Daniels was the first choice. This might be a complete lie. I just read it off of IMDb. Uh, the what ifs, but um, you know, I think that could be... Who would
1: be great in Jeff Daniels' part.
0: Who's that?
2: And would be weird,
1: John Goodman.
2: I, um, I really liked seeing Jeff Daniels in this because it was interesting to see him once again interacting with Joseph Gordon-Levitt um, after The Lookout. Mm. Which, oh, I didn't see that.
3: Yeah.
2: Oh, uh, Scott Frank. Scott. Gotta love him. <laughs> yeah, The Lookout's another one of those movies where I'm just like, this is a great thing that no one has seen, and why is that? Yeah. And yeah, yeah, I, think yeah. I, I just looked it up. That was 2007, so then five years later, they're back on the screen yeah. together, and they are not friends anymore. <laughs> no. It's like
0: De Niro Pacino.
2: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. you got to get him back. <laughs> Daniels is perfectly casted, though. Oh, yeah.
1: I, I, like I, I took some notes, and one of my main ones was like, Daniels, great. Yeah. Keep, keep, keep <laughs> casting him.
0: Keep going. I like his, I like his character, because he just doesn't fool around with any of the time travel like nonsense or jargon that we'd expect like he's just like uh it'll fry fry your brain like like an egg yeah like we don't really mess around with that anymore and and he doesn't really go like it is expository to an extent but he doesn't really he doesn't really mince words and yeah it's 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 very refreshing to get
2: because he's seen the future and and he's just like all none of this matters it's like if you came just does not care yeah Yeah, it's like it's 30. You go 30 years back and you're just seeing all the people in the 80s with the feathered hair listening to Flock of Seagulls, and you're like, you fucking people. You have no (laughs) idea what's coming, do you?
0: You got a storm. You got a storm. (laughs) Um, But yeah. And then Joseph Gordon. What do we think of the Joseph Gordon Levitt of it all?
1: Oh, God. What do we think of him? Where has he been? Where is Joseph Gordon Levitt? That was my main point, my entire notes, I capitalize it. Where yeah. the fuck is Joseph gordon levitt
2: yeah. He was everywhere for a while. I think he earned a vacation. <laughs> like, I don't... The last thing, apparently, that he was in... Is it Snowden? It might have been Snowden. There's something called Straight Out of Oz.
3: <laughs> that like he, a
2: masterpiece. I don't... Yeah, I don't know what that is. I'm clicking on it, but I'm scared. <laughs> Mixing the story of the Wizard of Oz with Tochter Hall's life story and beliefs, the, the modernized musical remake—I don't know what the hell this is. This seems like one of those weird things that he does because yeah. he's just that kind of guy. But like, yeah, after Snowden and whatever Straight Out of Oz is, he's on a show called Comrade Detective, which I'm yeah, everyone's I favorite show. <laughs> and it's uh, a—it's an it? Amazon
3: series, yeah, yeah. apparently. Is that
0: with Channing Tatum? I think yes he is also
2: on
1: that jason uh jason Manzukis. oh my god all right so i might
2: have to watch this (laughs) nick offerman jake johnson this sounds amazing um and then he's in the last jedi as a voice Hmm. and yeah he hasn't really been in a in anything he's got the trial of the chicago seven that's filming
0: oh yeah that's the orange is that sorkin yeah
2: yeah, oh, untitled dope. Henry and Rel sci-fi project.
0: Hmm. Might well, that's add, gonna be great. Might I just add? I still don't know what Hit Record is.
2: Hit Record Joe, excuse you. Well, no, because Hit Record Joe is his uh his um his Twitter handle, I think. But he oh. he had like a weird artists collective thing called Hit Record or Hit Record or what you know. It was kind of like yeah. the ambivalence was the point. And I remember that coming a thing while I was in college, and I was like, oh, this is cool, but I don't know that it ever produced anything or led to anything. Yeah, It could have been a cult. I do not know.
0: <laughs> Leave it to your imagination as you will. Um,
2: yeah. I mean, with the eyebrows
1: he has in Looper, I would join that cult.
0: Yeah. I.
1: Great eyebrows.
0: I enjoy him. I enjoy seeing him on screen. I, I agree with Clay. Like, he just it felt like that he was in a lot of like, he was working with like Nolan and Ryan Johnson and, uh, I don't know who else. Like Mark Webb. Zemeckis. Yeah. Zemeckis, yeah. Well, yeah cause one. he,
2: cause he was in third rock from the sun and everyone's like, Hey, it's that guy that looks like a girl. And then he did treasure planet. And then like, it was a one, two punch of mysterious skin and brick mm. that got him some indie cred. And then he was in the lookout, which is great. <laughs> With Scott, uh, Scott Frank. And you know what's funny? I don't know if anyone knows this. In The Lookout, he plays a character named Chris Pratt. Real? Oh, wow. He does. He does. I just scrolled to that. And, um, Fair yeah, much. he was in a bunch of stuff. And he, like, this was the point when, you know, I guess people in 2005, 2004 see him in these indies. And then he starts coming out. He's in uh, 500 Days of Summer, GI Show Rising, his... which is weird. Yeah. I think 500 Days of Summer is what actually got him, like... Oh,
1: this is a guy now. Like, this yeah. is a guy. Yeah,
0: this can be a valuable ram- romantic lead.
2: Yeah, and he was in Inception, Fifty yeah. Fifty, which I liked, I- Dark Knight Rises, 50/50. which I like, yeah. Premium Rush, which fucking rules. <laughs> he plays a character named Wily. Um, yeah, and then he's in Looper. <laughs>
0: um,
2: and then Lincoln. So yeah, he, like
1: you said, he's worked with these great directors, and then, like... I don't know. Maybe, I know it hasn't been too long, but it just seems like he's, like, the name of him has been sucked out of every room in America. Because
2: yeah. right, there was that whole meme about, like, he'll never be, he'll never get a girlfriend, and then it's, like, him walking on the beach. Do, do we all remember that meme? It was one of the first memes that I remember. I do not. I, I apologize. It's a okay, weird, yeah,
0: it's a weird fascination. It's a weird thing to have, to be forgetting a meme. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's so many of it's such a new phenomenon, but there's so many of them that you're like, it's what? like, if, and what's the joke with to identify with each one?
2: Yeah. Cause it was like a guy eating cereal and he like looks at Joseph Gordon Levitt in like 30 rock. No, not 30 rock third rock from the sun. And then it says like, Oh, he'll never get a girlfriend. And then it shows like hot modern Joseph Gordon Levitt. And the guy's oh, like, yeah, yeah, open, yeah. he's dropping <sighs> cereal. And it was like, yeah, he's yeah. the first, he's, I can't believe I'm about to use this phrase, but he's the first like glow up. Right. Like, we just didn't come up with the term fast enough. Yeah.
0: Like, <laughs> yeah. I would, would an example of that be Chris Pratt in Gar uh, oh. and
2: Mac,
0: and then Chris Pratt in Guardians?
1: I, well, I think Zero Dark Thirty is when he
2: started to really glow up. No, because I think, like, you have to be an awkward, weird-looking kid. And I don't know what Chris Pratt looked as a kid. I know that the first time I ever heard it applied to someone, I think, was that loser from—and the character's a loser. I don't know about the actor— the loser from Harry Potter? Uh, Ron Weasley? No, the other loser. Like, the bigger loser. The, Ned? Is it Ned or Neville? The guy oh, yeah. who gets frozen because they want to get past him and then he gets like 500 points and everyone's like, oh, he's the real hero. I, th-
1: I, I think I know who you
2: mean. Wait, yeah. Jack, you haven't seen any of the Harry Potters, no, have you? Nothing. I, can't I saw it. like I can't. the first three and then the last one, which is not the way to watch those movies. No, it is really not. <clears throat> I've seen all of them. That is, I, I <laughs> highly recommend not to do that. <laughs>
0: but yeah, but
2: yeah, it was it was. I think I think Neville Chamber. Yeah, huh? yeah, no. yeah, 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 yeah. No, that's it.
1: He he's the biggest loser of the entire series. Yeah,
2: he's yeah. a dork, right. and he looks like a dork. But a like, but then you see a picture of the actor present oh, day, he's and you're like, now. oh, that guy. Glowed up. That's that's he's why we hot. say that. But Joseph Gordon-Levitt did that first.
0: I think I, I think I can recount this now. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And I like Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I think yeah. he brings you know a kind of weird wounded darkness to a lot of his roles. I think he's perfectly cast in this movie. I like the fact that they do put some work into his face to make him look a little more like Bruce Willis. I think that that montage scene where it shows him like aging and losing his hair and. Being addicted to heroin or future eye heroin and like all that other stuff really works to like bridge the gap between the two of them. <laughs> I just I, I do love that cut of
1: <laughs> seeing Bruce Willis with that horrible haircut. I I'm sorry but it made me laugh when I watched it. I mean, it's just him like because you've just you've seen Bruce Willis be bald for so long and then he has this like horrible haircut that like he, like his. The top of his head is completely bald, but, like, his, this, like, long black hair covering his eyes.
2: <laughs> yeah. Like, what is this? It's, it's real growth. It is exactly the kind of, of hair that a drug-addicted... Yes. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I don't know. There's there's a lot in this movie that I really like about the two characters kind of, like, bridging the gap between each other. I, I love the fact that the movie, when it shows Joseph Gordon-Levitt getting ready, he, like, kind of touches... His hairline, he's got that look on his face like, is this going away? And I remember watching this movie and being like, oh shit, I've done that a lot.
0: Yeah. <laughs> on, this, on this recent uh, revisit, I noticed there was many shots of people touching Joseph Gordon-Levitt's hair. Like um, <laughs> the prostitute touches his hair. At one point when they're when they're like reconciling after uh, he gives up Paul Dano. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, Emily Blunt touches his hair after some sometime towards the end.
2: Yeah, I think there's and a I, lot in he, this when he's dead. When he's dead, yeah, and, yeah. And um, and and also like when when Bruce Willis is like sweating out his his drug addiction, his his uh his wife touches his head. There's a lot of hmm. actual gestures of like tenderness and connection in this movie as like a means of showing that kind of, like, emotional investment that these characters have in one another. And, you know, given the fact that all of these loopers are a bunch of short-sighted idiots who just want to party and get high all the time, uh, those moments, like, really stick out yeah. as being kind of, like, the thing that everyone should be focusing on, but can't because they're too busy, like, living their craziest life.
3: Yeah, like
0: saving up stacks of gold and silver to, to travel well, to China. <laughs>
2: It's a, it's a crazy movie and I remember watching it and a, a friend of mine was like, "I don't know, like I don't know if I would, you know, mortgage my future like that knowing that like, you know, at some point I'm going to get murdered by my younger self." And he says this as he's smoking a cigarette. I'm like, "Ha! What are you talking about? Like you're doing you're doing it right now. Like every time that I drink myself into a blackout stupor, I'm doing it too. Like we do this stuff all the time. Like we're constantly making not a gamble, but like a trade against our own future, where we're just like, yeah, well, you know, in four years, like, cancer, Brian's gonna hate me, but like, right now, I really want this.
0: The uh, so present.
2: Like, your younger self is constantly murdering your older self. <laughs> also,
1: the future is just apparently everyone is homeless. Like mm-hmm. all of the people are homeless, and, uh, and and like Joseph Gordon-Levitt was like completely discarded so why wouldn't you just be like I need something to do man I need to make a name for myself so like it, it's better to have 30 years than 20 you know yeah. what I mean like yeah. he, they just don't really have a future in this future <laughs> get it
2: <laughs> that is the one of the weirder things about this movie is that it all takes place in the future but there's a future that's more future than the future <laughs> than the present future that we're hanging out in
0: and it's not only that but the time travel is so, I mean, any time travel is so uh, complex and intricate, so there's no way of making it make sense. Even if the screenwriter-director hasn't made sense to themselves, there's no way to communicate that. Like, a great example is Primer.
1: I I was going to just say, I was exactly thinking that. Primer's the most craziest movie I I have never understood.
0: Yeah, I really dislike it for it, because I feel like I'm just so... I'm so lost. I feel so stupid. Yeah, I yeah, feel so stupid. Exactly. <laughs> and it and it's that specificity that does that makes it all the more inaccessible.
2: I love Primer, but I have no idea what's going on in that movie. And like I have watched it with an eye specifically towards figuring out the plot. Right. Yeah. Cuz I'm like, okay, there's a party and there's a guy with a shotgun and I don't know why this is happening. I know it's important though because at yeah. the end the guy is talking to himself on a voice recording and so like i still can't tell you like what the plot of primer is but i do love that kind of the the fact that primer the characters clearly know what's going on and i think that there is something there but i do like in this movie that they make a point of being like time travel sucks and that's why it's illegal now yeah. and like we shouldn't talk about it it does exist though and, and there's stuff that's going to happen and i like the fact that He even, like, uh, Bruce Willis brings up, like, that once he goes back, the future ceases to truly exist. And he has become, like, this weird, malleable, changeable thing that is now existing out of time.
3: Mm.
2: And, like, you know, like, his memories are shifting with everything that Joseph Gordon-Levitt does. Like, there's a lot of stuff in this movie that I find to be interesting in that way. Because a lot of time travel movies, you don't go back and see yourself or have to deal with yourself. Yeah you know like marty mcfly goes back and has to deal with his parents and then he's got that photograph which changes which is like kind of weird because like the parts of the people are missing and it seems to say that like if you go back now you're not going to have an older brother but somehow you will still have like an older sister and yourself it's and, and but in this movie it's like he explains like it's kind of foggy when you do something it becomes a lot more clear yeah. and he can feel himself forgetting his wife because the potentiality of that happening is is diminishing mm. and i think you know as as much as he says like i don't want to sit here with straws and napkins and make a diagram the the way that he explains it and the way that the movie visualizes it helps a lot with understanding what the hell's going on
1: mm-hmm. yeah definitely i you know like you said a lot of these time travel movies don't really deal with you going back to yourself and like facing yourself um directly because it do, i mean that does happen when you see your past self a lot but the thing is usually if that happens then the story becomes oh no this is a paradox in time the universe is going to crumble around us or i can't tell them that i'm their future selves or i'm gonna have to disguise myself and they'll never know mm-hmm. this movie is just like they deal deal with each other the world doesn't explode. they just talk to each other they fight each other and that's it. It's not like this runaround uh, story of they can't really address it. They're uh, the, they're the same person and they can't really interact that much. No, it's just they can they keep it pretty simple, which is the best way to do this movie, especially if you don't have like if you're not if you don't have like a ton of time to just devote uh, devote to um, uh, explaining everything.
0: I feel like. If time travel is brought up in a movie, <clears throat> I need Doc Brown at a chalkboard. <laughs> and, Apologizing and, that yeah. it's not to scale. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. And I need to like make a, make a line and make a dash below that line and be like, this is an alternate timeline of what, I mean, I know blooper isn't an alternate timeline in the classical mm-hmm. sense, but it's, it's just like someone explaining it. It's, it's kind of, like, uh, cheesy in a way. Like, it's it's not the most sexy way to do that, but, uh, it's, it kind of makes you feel at home.
2: Well, rewatching this movie, which it was weird, and it was lucky that I, I got invited onto this because I rewatched this movie because we watched for my podcast, The Film Stage Show, this crazy ass Netflix movie called In the Shadow of the Moon. Which, oh, I've uh, heard about that. Is that with yeah, Michael C. Hall? Yeah. And it's fucking nuts. Um, I didn't even ask if I okay. could curse on this podcast. Um, you can, but curse. yeah. The, for, the, anyone, of the moon.
0: for anyone doing a podcast uh, bingo. It's
2: like, <laughs> yeah, I was about to say. Now we just need like a blue apron ad, yeah, right. something. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like I have in the said, shadow We're of the moon,
0: recording at the beginning.
2: <laughs> In the Shadow of the Moon it's crazy, and it involves time travel and stuff, and a lot of moral choices. And it was brought up on the episode, and so I was like, "Oh, you know what? I think I'm going to rewatch Looper because I really want to watch Looper now." And then we watched Gemini Man, and I was like, "Oh, this uh, Looper just touched on like two different movies that I've watched all at once." Oh, that's funny. Yeah, because you know it's like the younger self, the older self, and one of the things that's that I really like about
0: double feature Gemini Man Looper.
2: <laughs> if you want to watch In the Shadow of the Moon, Looper, and Gemini Man. I've done it. It's an interesting day.
0: It's a fascinating, that you can that's a great
2: weekend. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: And um, what I like about this movie is, is the fact that like, um, like we said, it, it deals with time travel in a very interesting way, but also I kind of love the fact that the two versions of himself never become friends. Like he is. Oh yeah. Con- like he, he doesn't even have like a, Oh my God, that's me. Like maybe I shouldn't do it. He's like, that he didn't get a chance to kill himself <laughs> and he's constantly insulting him he's it's it's really crazy interesting that like the movie never goes to that place mm. and that the kind of point of the movie is that like he, he has no choice but to, to end his own life so that everyone else can be happy and like have a decent shot at being alive yeah it's um it's real weird when you think about it because I, it's almost hard to believe that someone would look at this script and be like I don't like yeah let's make this. This is great. Like the fact that we have a young version of a guy trying to kill his older version and that never ever coming to any kind of understanding with him is just great.
0: And a reading that I saw of Gemini Man you can apply to here as well in that Bruce Willis is looking at the next generation of a movie star mm-hmm. like kind of like how will smith was or you pitched actually it's oh yeah like the uh, michael b jordan could be the younger version of himself and i see where you're going with that but looper is kind of like that that pitch where it's like i am looking to what i once was and my now competition and what I have to accept and, and sort of wrestle with.
2: Yeah. Cause Bruce Willis was like this. I mean, his, his defining role is diehard where he's this like wife beater wearing new Jersey wisecracking blue collar cop. And Joseph Gordon-Levitt is almost constantly in very well tailored suits. Like being a pretty boy. It, yeah. It's, it's two completely different like levels of movie star from two different times, and you know, he's trying to murder him, which is, <laughs> which is awesome. Yeah. I mean, it 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 was one of those things where you see the movie and you do expect like, oh, you know, his his older self comes back and is like, there's a problem and we've got to fix it, and you'd expect that like they they talk to each other and start working together, but again, like they never do. Mm. They're at odds throughout the entirety of this film, and like, it's 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 crazy.
0: I like the uh, older Joe just goes and kills it you don't even see the confrontation with him and abe like you would mm-hmm. think that if younger and older joe go to team up it would be to confront abe um but you, it completely rejects that idea and in fact you don't even see it like what is there to see if you yeah. did show that like it would just be another one of those yeah yeah it wouldn't it wouldn't add anything i suppose
1: Brian, you, um, you made a great point about how antagonistic um, older Joe and young Joe are uh, with one another. In the diner scene, Bruce Willis delivers like one of my favorite lines in the movie. Shut your fucking child mouth.
3: <laughs> so good.
1: <laughs> them just like railing on each other and just like oh you want to pull out that gun between your legs do it huh do it and just them <laughs> saying no you're a fucking moron you are you're a worthless piece of shit and she's just gonna save you like they just literally tear each other to shreds and it's great well
2: because huh? it, it is like you know i'm I, I don't know how old you two are um but i'm 32 and i feel like if i had to talk to my 16 year old self i'd be fucking furious like it would just be <laughs> A constant parade of like, here's every mistake you made, you asshole. Like this is what's going on in my life now, and don't you dare try to tell me that you know what's going on. I lived your goddamn life. I followed your choices through. You need to make some changes.
1: We're both shut your fucking child mouth.
0: We're both yeah. we're both 20, and I'd be fast. I'd just yeah. be like kind of fascinated what I'd be in 10 years because it wouldn't even be like a sort of anger or i don't i mean neither of us have like an anger or resentment yet
3: because <laughs> right,
2: you 10 years saying. ago is like oh remember crayons <laughs> and play-doh oh I, i'd yeah, kick exactly. my 10 year old ass <laughs> <laughs> I, I would go back in time and kick his ass dude was a loser <laughs> i think i think actually 16 year old me might have been fine i think like i'd really have a beef with like 12, i don't know 18 to 28 year old me that was my real dark period, where it's just like days? you just can't. Uh-oh. Um. Yeah. It, it's. I. Um, yeah. I'm. I'm starting a distillery, so clearly my drinking days are not behind me. But there is there was a, a period of irresponsibility. <laughs>
0: um.
2: <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh.
1: What were you gonna say, John?
0: Yeah. How do we feel? Uh and levitt did playing a younger bruce willis just acting out his um his like mannerisms and and such
1: well i think it's the the core question between like okay the connection between the performances between willis and levitt is who's acting off who is willis trying to emulate levitt or is levitt trying to emulate willis Because that's the thing is it's, or are they trying to like completely like have full cooperation with one another? I don't know. I've heard Willis isn't the greatest person to work with. So maybe it wasn't that collaborative. Maybe uh, Levitt just had to figure out what uh, Willis was doing and completely go from there. Or, but I'm not sure. Um, I think they both do it like a pretty good job. I kind of, I believe it, so to speak. I mean, the big hurdle of the movie is you have to forget that's Bruce Willis. <laughs> I think that's like if like when they're sitting at a diner, you're like, yeah, that's right. No, no, this, that's Bruce Willis. Yeah, that's that's Bruce Willis. Um, but it doesn't take me out of it. It's just one of the, maybe the things you have to kind of get used to, because Bruce Willis is such a. At that point, he was kind of a I mean, he's officially a parody of himself, but he was becoming a parody of himself at that point. Mm-hmm. And this movie, he's actually trying. But you can still see of like, well, that's a Bruce Willis thing to do. That's very a Bruce Willis thing to do. Like him shooting that submachine gun in the hallway and just like going nuts is like, okay, yeah, that's Bruce Willis.
2: Hi, Bruce Willis. I am, um, I, I, so yeah, Bruce Willis is apparently a nightmare to work with if you're not like a good director who can rein him in. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard on another podcast that like he apparently will like test a director on the first day and if he doesn't think the director knows what they're doing, he just won't try um I think that this movie and his his acting within it is a testament to the fact that he clearly knew that Ryan Johnson knew what he was doing mm. and he had some level of respect for him. Yeah. And um this came out I'm trying to figure out where exactly in his his like filmography this came. And I think that it it really is like like we were kind of saying like the last movie that he maybe had some like goodwill to his name. Mm. And um I think that he is not doing Joseph Gordon Levitt as so much as Joseph Gordon Levitt's doing him. And I think that with his his kind of pursed lips and the way that he will sometimes like do that kinda you know, half laugh, shoulders back, look away thing. <laughs> I don't know if that makes any sense.
1: No, it does. No, yeah. That's
2: yeah. But Gordon Levitt nails enough of his Mannerisms that you can see how he would turn into a, an older Bruce Willis who clearly would have a lot more mannerisms.
1: I think the best scene of Levitt emulating Willis is him when he's talking to Abe for the first time and mm-hmm. like how he says, I, I don't know what you're talking about, Abe. I, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, it, it, I think he really, like, the way he kind of, his smile and the way he kind of just shrugs and just like, I, I don't know what you're talking about. I, you know, I, who? Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm confused, uh,
0: like he says actually, Yeah, exactly. at one point.
1: yeah I think that's really Bruce Willis ask you can just see that see him saying like he's also you know has that cocky arrogance a little bit
0: Yeah um, and, and feels Gordon Levitt
2: nails the shit out of that <laughs> It's so good yeah <clears throat>
0: Um I didn't know that they had makeup um on Gordon Levitt's face It's subtle Yeah they had uh, prosthetics to kind of and they, they had like a uh, uh, eye contacts
3: Yep. To bring out, Obviously.
0: yeah, like it's, it's those little touches that kind of bring it, like bring it all together.
2: And it's It'd be be funny if they just had the same eye color. <laughs> <laughs> Gordon Levitt does a good job of not letting all of that stuff hinder his performance, but mm-hmm. also not acting too much to get past it. And I think that that is like a, a testament to both him as an actor and the subtle art of like face makeup mm-hmm. and like the artist who applied all that, knowing what to do. He's someone famous. I, uh, I
3: forget who, who did the makeup.
2: I would be interested to know, because I'm about to badmouth a movie that has a lot of facial prosthetics and makeup in it, and I'd rather it not be the same person. But um if you've ever seen uh, J. Edgar, oh. that is a terrible, Oof. terrible makeup movie. It's just so bad it's it's there's really nothing there's almost like nothing you can do about it oh, that's right. it's you know you're turning I don't know at that point he was probably still in his 30s maybe you know Leonardo DiCaprio into like a gristled 60 year old J Edgar Hoover so this is gonna funny well, so what I was trying to make him his, his age yeah
0: so have you guys watched the variety actors on actors interviews
2: I have not So uh, a few of them
0: do you of them so, um, it's like a year in tradition. I just watch them. Like, the pairings are always pretty fun. And Charlize Theron and Adam Driver were, were talking in one episode. <laughs> and uh, uh, Charlize was promoting Bombshell. And she was talking about Kaizu Hyrule. Oh! And he is the same gentleman who did makeup on this movie. as well Oh, as damn! Mindhunter, Darkest Hour, Place Beyond the Pines... Killing them but, softly. Wow. Uh, curious case Benjamin Button, Tropic Thunder, uh, Transformers. Um, but the most
1: talked about thing for Nicole Bombshell is, recall. I mean, the most talked about thing for Bombshell is how close Charlize Theron looks like to, looks like Mel- Megyn Kelly. Mm. <laughs> like the makeup <laughs> is one of the biggest things that is talked about. Whether it be like John Lithgow as um, um fuck I forget his name asshole from fox news um, Ailes, Ailes, yes roger Ailes, yes. um but also just like people like i couldn't tell you how many people after seeing that trailer bombshell were like oh my god she looks exactly like megan kelly
0: and apparently yeah. in that interview she was like this guy's always threatening to retire he's like high on hockey <laughs> of makeup too old for this shit and so whenever you catch him working on another on another project like she caught him on uh the second season of Mindhunter. I think mm-hmm. she's also a producer on that, apparently. Yeah, she is. It's yeah. And it's weird. It's, yeah, so when she caught him on that, she's like, unretired for the sixth time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, excellent work on this. I, I, I agree,
3: yeah. Um, yeah,
2: looking at this yeah. guy's credits, it's he's, he's done a lot. And, like, I don't think some of these movies are great, but, like, his work within them yeah. is i think undeniable like you know he's prosthetic makeup supervisor for norbit and like norbit's not a good <laughs> movie but i don't think you can blame that on the prosthetic makeup yeah. no. like that like, thing that stuff works yeah he's always
0: getting 110 percent even though the rest of the crew may not be
2: yeah um
0: what do we think this
2: is this is this is one of those arts of cinema that i'm worried is going to go away mm-hmm. oh yeah um yeah. So that's just me being sad about that. Because like this like this is some this is some real great work. Like looking at Charlie's Theron in the bombshell trailer and I mean Mindhunter, they I he he must have had a hand in a lot of like the making the serial killers look like the actual serial killers. Oh yeah, Manson. Son of yeah, Sam, like,
0: I remember, was uncanny.
2: Yeah. yeah Berkowitz is is like a dead ringer for Berkowitz. I looked at him and I was like, oh fuck. That's horrifying. <laughs> because they kind of painted themselves into a corner. Because the first season, they showed an actual picture of Berkowitz. And Fincher just strikes me as the kind of guy where he's like, well, we can't just not address it if we make a guy not look like Berkowitz. Yeah. So bring in the prosthetic makeup right. designer.
0: And Fincher's like, yeah, we can't not have this like 110% like Berkowitz.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, I think prosthetics are still going to be used. But I think where they're going to shine is what we're talking about is um, like past like historical biopics or... Like takes on like past events, whether it be recent or not. But I don't. But besides that, when it's like completely original, <clears throat> I don't know how much they're going to use prosthetics. I, I think that's a good point. But I do feel like for the darkest hours or the bombshells or the mine hunters, they'll still be very pro- prolific in their prosthetic.
0: Am, am I the I only one so. here who's seen The Irishman?
2: Yeah. Uh, yes.
0: Not to flex,
2: but fuck you. <laughs>
0: um.
2: I could have seen it a lot, but I have a child and yes. two jobs, so... And three it's, and a
0: half hours is not yeah. readily available. Um, but yeah, maybe it'll go in that direction with the de-aging, because it spans... I mean, that's a special case, I suppose. But,
1: yeah, but they still probably still... use prosthetics, like, for some yeah. of the stuff.
3: I
2: think so, probably just to help the computers out. Yeah. It's, exactly. It's, it's always difficult to know for certain, but... I mean, like, yeah, the, the work in this movie is, is fantastic. The work in Mindhunter is fantastic. I, I don't... I kind of feel bad that I did not know uh, Kazuhiro by name until just now. Oh,
1: yeah. I mean, I don't know any makeup artist by name, but, you know, that's just because yeah. I'm an asshole.
3: <laughs> um,
0: what do we think of the second half when Emily Blunt is... And what do we think of Emily Blunt as a screen presence? Uh,
1: can, I, can I just say one more, one more thing about the makeup? Just one more thing. Oh. Uh, for some reason, I'm kind of obsessed with Gordon Levitt's eyebrows in this movie. I don't know why. You know, I, like, when he... But, go ahead.
0: I'm kind of obsessed with his lips.
1: Yeah, his lips are You know what I'm good. saying? Like, he kind of yeah. did something
0: different that I hadn't caught in, like, Inception or 500 Days. It just struck me as a very specific choice. Maybe well,
3: I think that his, like... Because he's doing
2: the the Bruce Willis mouth thing. It's it's the power yeah. like the purse lips thing. Yeah. Is like I was saying, like Bruce Willis does a lot of mouth work. Yeah, which is a weird thing to say out loud. But um, yeah, I mean, I think that he brings more of that into this movie, especially because in things like Inception or uh, you know the Lookout or or even Brick, he's he's got a lot of dialogue to put through. And Joe in this movie is kind of, like, by nature, not a very talkative gentleman. <laughs> yeah. no. I don't know. I um, But, like, that
1: scowl on his face when he's, like, waiting for Willis to show up at the in the field on the tarp, he's mm-hmm. just, like, he's just looking so confused, and his eyebrows are just, like, I don't know, I keep thinking about it. He's just like, oh, what's going on? Yeah. What? He just looks so, like, annoyed and perplexed. He just looks like... What's happening right now? Um, I'm pretty yeah, no, sure the half.
2: forehead is one of the things that they did some prosthesis on. So oh, that, would, yeah. that would account for the eyebrows kind of popping. <laughs> I remember right
0: in the uh, special features, he uh, he was like in that scene when him and Bruce Willis confront each other at the end. Um, you know, Willis comes up to him after one of the takes. He was like, You know, you really do sound like me i'm really impressed to (laughs) that extent and and uh joseph gordon levitt he was like oh thank you i'm i really appreciate that but then once bruce walks away he's like yeah come on
3: yeah (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. and and that has to be kind of dope
0: it kind of has a special meaning because of the the generational thing like guys of his his age i'm sure like idolized bruce willis as an action star yeah
1: John McClane yeah. just said, good job. Of yeah, course right, he's going to freak yeah. the fuck out. Yeah, he's...
2: He was born in 81, so yeah, he's he's definitely been on the Bruce Willis train.
0: But yeah, what do I um, think of the second half and Emily Blunt as a screen presence?
2: I love Emily Blunt. Mm. And I will brook no criticism of Emily Blunt.
1: <laughs> She's kind of perfect. Yeah. Like, legit. Like, I just don't... I can't say anything bad about her. I
2: mean... Yeah she's, Chris, yeah, she's fantastic in this movie she's fantastic in almost every movie I've seen her in but I mean she, she does a lot with this part that um it asks a lot of her you know it asks her to play a person who is at once tough but is more putting on a front about her toughness mm-hmm. than she might actually be tough and then it's asking her to cut that with a a very uncertain maternal instinct like the kind of parent who is aware that they have let their child down in the past and is now trying to make up for it but also knows that like they don't really have a leg to stand on with most of the things that they're saying or doing and um she really she really carries the like emotional growth of Joe on her shoulders yes just through her her actions as a human being and and that that's pretty that's pretty awesome
0: I think the a really strong addition is not making her and Joe, the core love story, like, like core, core, and message would be like, true love conquers all. Like, that's right. not what. Like, God bless. <laughs> wow. yeah, yeah, like that's that's like a Wachowski message. <laughs> that's, yeah. yeah, that's like what you get in in like, um, Jupiter Ascending.
2: I've loved like, dogs. I've always loved dogs. <laughs> <laughs> no, like yeah, it's kind of. Yeah. I kind of love the fact that
0: it's like these are just two very lonely people trying to survive in a in a world that doesn't really know what to do with isolation.
2: Yeah, and he he bonds with her kid, and she doesn't seem to have any romantic feelings for him, but she still sees that little frog light, and she's like, "I could do. I could deal with getting laid right now." It's yeah, I, think I'm gonna do. That. I could. I, I could use a bang. Yeah, it's it's kind of interesting because in a lot of movies women aren't given that kind of sexual agency or desire in that way. And this movie plays that and it's kind of a laugh, but then they actually have sex and then they're sitting and talking and it's more exposition and it helps you learn a little more about stuff. But I mean, it's, it's just one of the quietly subversive ways that this movie works almost in tandem with the whole, like, we're going to have two guys from different worlds or different time periods and they're going to fucking hate each other the whole time like we're going to make this woman who is a like loving caring mother who is horrified of what her child is capable of and um wants to get laid cuz she's lonely and that's <laughs> yeah, exactly. fine she's like lonely. it's okay. She's lonely.
1: That's why it's not forced. is because we see like oh yeah she's lonely. I, I would be lonely too. And she's like she just wanted a one-hitter quitter. That's it. Like she she just wanted she just wanted the bang and then she's done. Like I don't but think I mean, they would have a relationship after this.
2: No, I don't think so. I mean they like they go on a few dates. I was like he was he would become like Fun Uncle Joe, who like hangs out every now and then, and like you know, because so he obviously wonderful. gets along with her okay. child, you know. So like, I could see them having that. It's it has it's, neither of you watched this ABC show that just started called Stumptown, do you? I've heard of it. It's got, some it's got, it. It's got Jake Johnson and Kobe Smolders in it, and oh. their their relationship is that they had like a one night stand, like four years ago or something and like now they're just best friends and one of the reasons for that is that he's really good with her brother who has a um like a a disability Mm -hmm. and so that's kind of what i would see joe being here with with emily blunt's character is like yeah we had sex at one time but like in a perfect world we wouldn't have needed to and um you're still around because my kid who is capable of ripping a human being apart at the atomic (laughs) level really seems to like you
0: it would be a much more like heightened stump down
2: yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> it's like, um, oh, what's the Four Lions? Um, this is the, it's kind of a strange example, but it's like, it's like, uh, Reza Med and his wife are helped in this one scene. It's like a satire about terrorists. Yeah.
1: Um, oh, helping... yeah, I've never, I haven't seen that. I, I
2: thought you were talking about the Dave Patel movie. I'm like, what? Um, oh, the Dave Patel movie is just, isn't it just called Lion? Oh, it yeah, is it's called, just called yes. Yeah.
0: Um, But yeah, him and his wife are helping their kid with homework, but like it's, it's kind of set up in a way where it's like a scene from a sitcom. because <laughs> like, he's a terrorist, but he's just like, Oh, is that the scene anyway, but it's just, the setup is just so banal, but he's <laughs> just like, well, honey, I, I guess I got to plan our, our mass, you know, uh, execution today. <laughs> or, <laughs> or, <laughs> but yeah, um, I think, you know, Looper's strong strength is the relationship between uh, Sid, right? That's, mm-hmm. that's the kid. And yeah. Sarah, like, they, they seem like they need each other to, to coexist, to, like, survive. And it, it's not like Joe comes in and fixes everything either, let alone rom- romantically fixes everything, but also for, for the kid.
2: Yeah no I mean the the people in this movie who succeed and who are kind of rewarded for everything are Sid and Sarah. Mm-hmm. And and Joe's purpose is basically just to get out of their way. Mm-hmm. And it's it's interesting in that way cuz like he doesn't help her become a better mother in any way. She sort of helps him become a better man purely by how good of a mother she is and how good of a person she is and um it's 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 the the uh what's the word i'm looking for the parallels between sarah and joe and and um old joe and his wife are there because it's again a, a woman taking the time to help nurse you through your withdrawal and like offering you a glimpse at some other thing that you didn't think was possible and for old Joe, it's a woman who's going to take care of him. And for young Joe, it's a woman who is just willing to take care of her son, even though her son is, like, actively pushing her away and, like, calls her Sarah. Well,
1: that's a great point, because like, it's literally, like, that's pretty explicit in the film, where, like, um, uh, old Joe is, like, trying, trying to sleep in a sewer or something, and um, young Joe just, like, collapsed, and Emily Blunt's trying to Wake, uh, wake him up, and old Joe remembers that getting slapped in the face and seeing Emily Blunt, and he keeps trying to re- he keeps trying to remember his wife. Yeah. Um. And he when he keeps trying to, he keeps seeing Emily Blunt because it's the, it's like you said it's complete parallel. And I think in this, I think that's where I think it's because in young young Joe's mind, um, she's taking the place of older Joe's wife. If that makes sense, meaning that this was the person who helped you with withdraw. And Mm -hmm. so old Joe's trying to be like, no, 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 not that's not my person. That's that's his person. I need to think of my person. And that's so it's it. There's definitely that connection there. Um, I think the main point of the movie, honestly, and I think it might be obvious, but it's the cycle of violence. That's why this movie is this movie is that's the that's the point is the cycle of violence. And this entire movie is about cycles and time and we see a lot of shots of clocks and especially like you know um pocket pocket watches mm-hmm. um and it's just he in um i forget where he says it but it goes around and around and around um everything goes around and around and around it's a cycle it's the visions of possibilities it's the cycle of violence um trauma and putting a gun in your hand um taking what's yours or, um and it's just in the idea uh, and I, when Levitt kills himself. Is the and he says it even like in the dial in his dialogue beforehand is um, this is to end the cycle. I mean I don't that's yeah. not exactly what he says, but he wants it to stop going around and around. Um, and it, it that's like the core of this movie, and that's why I think the premise I think comes from the idea of cycle of violence. I don't think he just had this premise of like um, I think what well, he maybe thought of this this movie without the cycle of violence commentary is. A bad '80s movie. Yeah, it, it would comes just be back like, in time. Bruce uh, Willis uh, is there,
2: man from the future has to fight a hitman from the other future, the exactly. more future, and it's him. And oh my god, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But this movie has a lot more on its mind because it, I looked at the IMDb quotes page and I was like, I'll give a half attempt to find this, and luckily it's the first quote there. Where it's um, the whole, then I saw it, I saw a mom who would die for a son, a man who would kill for his wife, Mm. a boy angry and alone laid out in front of him the bad path, which is a thing that uh, Abe had said to him. And he said, I saw it, and the path was a circle, round and round, so I changed it. And then that's when he shoots himself. And it is that idea of, like, there's the bad path. And Abe said, like, oh, I saw your bad path, so I changed it. Put a gun in your hand, put you to work, and it's like, but that's not... Helpful. That's just redirecting all the badness somewhere else. Right. And so he sees that the best way to help this kid and to actually end that circle is to kill himself. You know, he because he knows that despite what a monster Bruce Willis is, because let us not forget that he straight up murders a child in this movie, mm. he's doing it for what he deems to be a good reason, to try to save the woman who saved him. And the best way to do that is again if he, he doesn't exist and that woman's not in harm's way, and
0: so he saved
2: he saved everyone.
0: Shows it shows growth uh, with Joe because he's very he's a pretty selfish guy. And yeah, like, and like you're saying, he's not talkative. Like we don't we get more out of him through his actions than through his words. Um, and for once throughout the movie, he does something to protect others and not just
3: himself.
2: Yeah, he's got that pleasures. George Bailey thing where he's kind of like, oh, I'm going to get out of this old <laughs> town one day, and I don't care what happens to any of you. Only in in a It's a Wonderful Life, he sees the world without him, and in this in this movie, he sees the way the world is going to become with him. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's oh, a oh gosh, a hard... Sarah. The Sarah. not here. It's I... Bill's house, Tom's house. Um,
1: Sarah Sid just tore a guy to shred, shred, Sarah.
0: Are we recasting uh, uh, Jimmy, Stewart Jimmy Stewart in a Ryan Johnson joint? Here's I my thunderbuss. Get blue. I'm going to blow you away. I, mean, I listen, think that Jimmy
2: Stewart would have excelled in a, in a Ryan Johnson movie. If
0: we're bringing back Jimmy Dean, I mean, uh, James Dean, Jimmy Dean.
2: <laughs> Jimmy Dean, the sausage guy, <laughs> let's bring him back too.
1: It's Dean versus
2: Dean.
0: Oh, we're at it, right? Donna like, well.
2: Deanie. On my podcast, we have this thing where we sometimes are overly familiar when addressing certain artists. So like Denis Villeneuve, I call Danny V. Oh, I go, yeah, I,
1: we, I call him Danny V.
2: Yeah, and like, I don't know, Terrence Malik I just constantly refer to as Terry. So, But you oh, can't, do that, with, you can't do that with James Dean, because then you just end up saying a whole other human being.
0: <laughs> Brian, what are your thoughts as Looper as a Tony Scott movie?
3: Uh, so I love Tony Scott. Is that Scott. an idea?
2: <laughs> I don't know. I mean like I almost I it's always a fun thing to wonder like what would a different director have done with the same thing. I think Tony Scott almost kinda made his looper with um Deja vu. It's just it's just a shorter, smaller loop. It would have this... been funny if you said unstoppable. <laughs> no, totally, Unstoppable like, is his <laughs> unstoppable. There's there's never been a movie like Unstoppable. Um, well, nonstop. <laughs> nonstop is a pretty great movie. Um, yeah, I don't know if you know this, Clay, but on my podcast we did a whole episode on Unstoppable. That's that, a good. Okay. It began as a joke where I said we haven't done a classic episode in a while. We should do one. We should do one on Unstoppable. <laughs> and I somehow got my two co-hosts to uh, agree with me, and then it's they a were all classic. They were super surprised at how good that movie was. It's a good movie. There's so much, it's like, Tony Scott is the, the blue-collar everyman's action director. He has a great respect for people of competence who operate by a code. And he does a lot of work to set up stuff before the stuff goes down. You know? Like, in a Marvel movie, like, I watched, um, my parents were over, and they were, they're somehow, for some reason, working through the Marvel movies, and, like, Thor 2 opens up, and it's just like, there were the Dark Elves, and they exploded things, and now everything's going to hell again, and like it, then it, there's another battle scene, and it's just a holy nightmare of a movie. And here's and,
1: Christopher Eccleston, you know, the Doctor <laughs> Who everyone forgot about. Uh, Matt Jameson? Yeah,
0: that's Matt Jameson. Yeah, Father Matt, yeah. Oh, God. Please.
2: Yeah, uh, if you if an actor has been on The Leftovers, I can only ever talk yeah, about right. them as though they've yeah. been on The Leftovers.
1: Well, I'm a big Doctor Who fan, so that's why I was like, oh, The Doctor.
0: And same goes, have... same goes for Mad Men. Uh, the actor who plays Bob Benson on Mad Men is in Watchmen now, and yeah. I can't not separate the two. It's who, Who's that? Oh, he's this creepy guy that hangs out with Pete Campbell, and does and this thing with his mom, and it's a whole...
1: In watch No, in Watchmen. Oh, oh, he's, oh, he's the, the senator. He's the, he's the senator. I haven't watched oh, in sorry. fucking Mad Men.
0: Oh, sorry, I thought you...
2: he's the Bob in Not Great Bob, <laughs>
0: starring uh, um Vincent
2: Carthizer. Ca- Ca-
0: uh, yeah. Are we doing
1: right, inside? You. <laughs> are we doing Mad Men inside jokes right now? I think we're just naming people who've been on Mad Men. <laughs> no, oh, still, that's inside. No, um, not on my podcast.
0: But no, I. I like the idea of directors directing other people's movies. Like,
1: yeah, um, Michael Mann. Michael for Mission Impossible. Impossible 3. 3. I was just, yeah, you won't shut up about it. No, it was. Did you hear up that on Blank, blank Check?
2: On and is that now check. just in your brain forever? Yeah, it is. <laughs> that's like it has been. Um, that's High like uh,
0: a Paddington Two, something like that. It's just the, <laughs> what the
2: fuck. Michael Snydell on my podcast, I think, is the guy who told me that there was a moment where Michael Mann was the guy that a different studio was pitching for Jurassic Park. Whoa. And I was just like, I would watch the shit out of that movie because it would be like those fucking (laughs) dinosaurs wouldn't be there. It would just be like nothing but a bunch of grizzled Chicago people getting murdered. That chaos theory. God,
0: imagine Dennis Farina as... As Malcolm? Like...
1: Duh, welcome to the Jurassic Park.
0: What a nightmare. Duh,
1: that's a big
2: pile of shit. Yeah. I'm welcome to Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Park. Yeah. We got dinosaurs. <laughs> There's a delight. Duh, raptors. Duh, raptors. Duh, 20 minute scene of Nedry actually coding the worm that he sends in. Right. <laughs> and he'd follow it through the cords. It, it'd be It'd be awesome. But it's one of those things where it's like, you know, Spielberg obviously, like, made that a quintessential Spielberg movie. And I just wonder what, like, an angry, violent director would have done with that material. Dante
0: peyote's steely blues and grays like, saturate <laughs> the screen. <laughs> uh, what would the
1: dinosaurs Who's Ortiz look? in that movie? did you cast Ortiz out? Let's get Bruce, um, Bruce McGill in there. Samuel L. Jackson's role. Samuel L. Jackson's role. You might be Samuel L. Jackson's role, yeah. <sighs> Yeah, definitely. Oh my god. All
2: right. Yeah, this, this is this is a fun thing. I think Tony Scott did like I said, sort of did a little bit of looper in Déjà vu. I think in this movie I, I don't think it'd been as good. I think that he would have kept a lot of the same themes, but he might have like expanded a little more on like the the mob <laughs> the mob aspect.
3: Maybe He's Kendall a very
0: Washington as Joe.
2: I'd be down with that. Yeah. And still keep I mean, Gordon Benzel Levitt Washington. as young Joe? <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh God.
1: Hashtag
2: problematic. <laughs> I'm sure that no one would have trouble with that. No,
0: no. That would go as well as Julia Roberts as Harry Tubman.
1: Oh, oh god. Um you know actually how about Force Whitaker as old Joe and Denzel Whitaker as young Joe. Do you know who do you guys know who Denzel Whitaker is? He played Young Forrest Whitaker in Black Panther. And he is not related to Den- he's not related to Forrest Whitaker. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing. He also played young Forrest Whitaker in another
2: movie. He was in the Great Debaters. He was exactly. in training day. Interesting. He's in the think, Purge TV cool. series.
1: Everyone's favorite television series, of course. It's America's number one favorite television series.
2: Everyone knows that yeah. television series.
0: <laughs> it surpassed sixty minutes.
2: Uh huh, 100. What about uh Derek Luke? Who? Derek Luke? I'm sorry, I don't, I don't know, you know who that, that is. He he played Antoine Fisher and Antoine Fisher. Oh yeah. He was uh Curtis and Spartan. Okay. Which if I you haven't see seen it. Spartan, you should see Spartan.
1: Wait, who played his Who played his kid in Fences?
2: Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. Um yeah no i
1: i feel like it's it's the same thing with gemini man and like it's like ooh, what actor would you plug at uh, you know uh plug in you know it's like oh clint east would be cool in Gem- gemini man or um fucking uh sylvester stallone you know whatever actors that like it because it's it's definitely those kind of roles when there's two of them or there's an older version a younger version there's definitely it's definitely like which actors are you gonna get is like one of the main stories yeah. well, or the um, main so like, narratives. I remember
3: so, I heard
0: uh, Angley wanted Tom Cruise first. Yeah uh, and she was like, Tom isn't available, well, I guess I'll go to Will. <laughs> but and, he doesn't he uh, can't
2: look younger. Tom yeah. Cruise can't look younger.
0: Well, that was
1: Will
2: sec- Smith has a hard time looking younger too. I like By the way, that
0: was the second time I heard uh, Tom wasn't available like quote unquote Tom wasn't available. Because Tarantino wanted him for once upon a time oh, like, as like a third lead with Brad and Leo. Huh. But, and it's like, I really just wish Tom would, like I'm saying Tom, like he's my friend. Like I, I wish Tom Cruise would just give him over, give himself to a director that can bring him in. Yeah, just like, us. I have stop no giving, problem with to... him doing Mission Impossible. <laughs> he can please do that all day.
3: Like but, all he's doing now.
1: Yeah, it's, it's exactly. Lyman or Macquarie or bust.
0: Yeah, exactly.
2: So the, the the actor who played Denzel Washington's son in Fences is uh, Jovan Adepo. Who he was an Overlord. Yes, and he was also on the Liftovers.
1: That's right. He, he played. Um, he played uh, oh, uh, the son, the Michael pastor. Yeah, man. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's good. He's a good actor. Great he's great. good in overlords.
2: Yeah, he's, he's fantastic. He's apparently going to be in The Stand, so that makes me want to watch The Stand, I guess.
0: Oh, is that the Stephen King book?
2: Yeah. But you know Jack's
1: best friends with Stephen King? Did you know that Jack's I best friends Stephen King? I did not. They, like, meet every Thanksgiving.
0: <laughs> I just saw him at a Red Sox game once.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Which is, like... Being best friends with Stephen King, honestly, a little bit. I
2: think I feel like Stephen King thinks the world is his friend. That's and that's all the residual cocaine still It comes
3: with yeah, Kubrick. Comes, <laughs> comes.
2: I um also he he's in uh, apparently the second season of Jack Ryan. On Amazon Prime Video, which I hear is hashtag problematic. I mean that whole show is kind of I don't know. I mean, it's Tom Clancy, so it's going to walk the line of like, yeah, exactly. Is this exactly. Jingoism does this exactly. like valorize our intelligence, but like the first season, I thought struck an okay balance. Do we
0: think John Krasinski is mom? I'm on my podcast. Is legitimate? Not, is legitimized as as well as uh, as becoming a director that we can take
3: seriously.
2: So apparently, John Krasinski is in the problematic loop right now because he said that we should like be thankful for the CIA, and a lot of people are not on board with that. I am. Um, yeah, that's that's what that's what I was referring. Wait did did I did I say that previous thing on mic? The thing about uh, I, you said Jack Ryan was problematic. Okay, never mind. Which I, is I, I, possibly I, true, and also John Krasinski himself has now possibly become problematic, though again only for valorizing our national intelligence services. It's which, not like you he know,
0: said or did anything,
2: right? He, he, like, no. said we should be thankful for the CIA, which, like, I mean, I'm sure that they have stopped bad things from happening to us. They've also done terrible things to other people. Yeah, so that's like, the, as hell,
3: yeah.
2: the devil's bargain that you strike by having an international intelligence service. It
3: might um,
0: did Chris Pratt do something similar.
2: Chris Pratt, I think people just dislike because he is, is like, similar. Like, any any actor who has what could be deemed a conservative bent, people just get a little weirded out by.
3: Right.
2: And I say that as a conservative.
0: Because you don't know the extent of how...
2: Right, because it starts with, like, oh, we should support the troops, and, like, that's kind of, like, the okay thing to say. And then you say, like, the CIA is pretty good, and it's like, oh, no, like, what's the next thing that he says? Because then people are just like, you know, is he against, I don't know, what, like, gay marriage? Like, is that the part he's hiding? Like, anything that makes, that reminds people of a thing that their father would say, usually they're like, "Uh uh-oh. Well, also,
1: Pratt, I mean, we don't have to get into this, but Pratt has, like, tied to an organization who's, that's kind
2: of pretty uh, is a is church is a typical you know evangelical christian church i think so like they have feelings about gay people yeah um
1: speaking of masculinity um i think actually no i mean i I, there is i think there is a sudden hint of and i know that's like the cliche nowadays is to look in every movie and be like well it's actually like a, a it's a subplot about toxic masculinity but they keep repeating the line men keeping what's theirs and how like violence is what like makes a man, especially with like Sid, who's just like he's like, ah, I want to kill people. That's that, that, that seems like the cool thing to do or like especially like, well, he's really more like I don't want to let that happen again with my mom or whatever. But like, yeah, it's definitely definitely has that, you know, again, they keep repeating men keeping keeping or uh, getting what's theirs. And I'm like, oh, that's uh, that's interesting. Hmm.
2: And that's like that's what like kind of what we were saying about um, the way in which Joe breaks the cycle is that he's not looking out for what's his; he's thinking about someone else. You know, he's not like going to let Sarah die so that he can then try to maybe save this kid or or try to stop you know his own self just so that he can keep living. Yeah. Instead, he is going to put his own desires aside and let this woman and her child escape so that she can then. You know, gift the child with with the kind of love and and care that won't lead him to become a genocidal maniac.
0: Do we think this is something Ryan Johnson has been thinking about in other other movies of his? Because in Brick, um, it's kind of a homage to obviously noir and classic mm-hmm. detective tales and uh, Knives Out is I Clue, I Clue is like and Kind of um, Agatha Christie Who Done It. So maybe since... They're Star the, Wars is Star Wars. Right, yeah, like, <laughs> since um, they're detective-focused stories, like, detectives have always been, like, male-oriented uh, uh, roles, so maybe there's something to go along with that. Like, um, I can't recall uh, Joe Scorn-Levitt's character in Brick, but he's supposed to be, like, this, uh, like, Bogart-esque kind of kinda figure who's who's, like... Trying to take names and jot down notes and yeah. know, talks kind of fast and
2: I think and his name is Brandon.
0: Brandon, yeah, that sounds about right. Brandon or
2: Brendan? I get I those know. confused even among people who I've lived with for many years. Brian, are you a comic book guy? Uh, I don't know that I would self-identify as that, but I have in the past read comics. But do you guys know who the question is? No.
1: Okay. The question is: this basically this faceless guy who wears a fedora. Right no, no. no who wears a fedora rorschach is uh is a parrot a semi-parody rorschach yeah. from watchman is a semi-parody on the question he basically has a face mask and he's this hard-boiled uh, private private detective slash conspiracy theorist who just kind of who's in this trench coat literally he has no face and he has <laughs> a fedora. and he walks around doing shit i would love Brian johnson to direct a question movie all anyway,
2: right that's my fanboy thing <laughs> uh, this is my so I...
0: fanboy corner
2: <laughs> I, um, I. When I think of certain directors, I, I try to see where they're coming from and, like, anticipate what kind of movie I'm going to get based on the things that I know are interesting to them. Mm-hmm. So, like, Noah Bombach is probably going to have a movie about affluent white people, at least one of yeah, them. Yeah, I was going to say. You I know? He
1: was that. exactly saying, thinking the same thing.
2: <laughs> like, clearly <laughs> he, he is still working through his feelings on whatever happened <laughs> with his parents. And that's fine cuz it creates some good movies. And like uh, Martin Scorsese is like it's funny cuz when people say like, "Oh, you're a Catholic, do you like faith-based films?" it's like, "Yeah, I love everything that Martin Scorsese makes." Yeah. Because on some level he's constantly wrestling with his Catholic upbringing mm-hmm. in a way that as another person who likes to interrogate his own faith, I find that very cathartic and uh helpful. First I don't
0: in that same way, too.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. Well, Schrader's a Schrader's
0: a psychopath. And yeah, I mean, Sh- psychopath. But he's- Schrader, Schrader. has has a past. We'll just leave it at that. But
2: yeah, Schrader loves a movie about like a guy who's probably gonna go crazy and hurt a bunch of people because I feel like the first that's how he feels. His
0: next project with Oscar Isaac sounds very much in that vein as well.
1: Yeah. The first thing I wanted to do after First Reformed was give Schrader a big hug. I just wanted to hug him. Just be like, it's all right, buddy. It's okay. You're gonna be okay. Life's man. hard. Similar thing with
0: uh, Ari Aster after I saw Midsummer. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, but um, yeah, but yeah, I, don't know I, I don't know that
2: I've. I don't know that I've figured out what what Ryan Johnson's belief thing saw. is. I think that he he loves stories, mm-hmm. which is good. Like you know, he he makes brick, and he's clearly like, I can do a really cool noir mystery, and um. Then he does The Brothers Bloom, which is this con movie, which, you know, if anyone knows anything about me, I love a con movie. And then he does Looper, which is like an action movie, but with a moral center and a kind of twisty narrative conceit. And then he gets to do Star Wars, um, which ends with a hopeful note of children telling the story of Luke Skywalker taking on the Empire and kind of like inspiring themselves in their in their little force use thing. It's also extremely existential
1: with how he describes like like the force and how it connects every living thing. Yeah. One of the, so like he has uh, he has ideas.
2: Right. He's yeah. not an empty headed person. I just it, it seems almost like he is, and and in the for or the Force Awakens and in the Last Jedi he talks a lot about how like the the Jedi texts are a foundation but are not, like, dogmatic and that's not how they should be read. And, like, it's a lot about moving beyond what's already been established. So I think he likes tweaking and interrogating stories and then using that as a way to tweak and interrogate people. And Knives Out, which I have seen, is very similar in that way of, like, it's 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 a class of story that you know told in a new and interesting way with a lot of verve. And I think that in in a similar way as Christopher Nolan, mm. he's really invested in trying to tell stories in ways that are beyond just a simple linear narrative. How many
1: dead wives are there in Knives Out? With <laughs> if, if, the Christopher Nolan comparison. <laughs>
2: I don't think, uh, I think that dead wives are the only thing that, uh, that I can say that, uh, Brian Johnson doesn't do. He has dead girlfriend in brick.
0: And I would like, this to, is true. I would like to add uh, to that, he's also, I'm not sure if this connects, but he's also very subtle with his references. He doesn't go out of his way to draw attention to any inspirations. Mm-hmm. Um, I listened, I watched this movie twice last night, once with a commentary and once just like, without the commentary. <laughs> Because I, uh, oh damn, I just hadn't seen it in a while. Um, now to be young
2: again and have time to do that.
0: <laughs> and um,
2: I can relate.
0: It was, <laughs> it was um, and you, yeah, in the scene in the beginning when uh, Paul Dano's Seth picks up Jessica and Levitt and they're cruising around the futuristic
1: god bless paul Dana
0: where is this where does this take place the, the urban kansas, kansas? okay yeah, right. I, I have a rant
1: i have a rant okay wait, that oh is the oh, yeah, most yeah, yeah. unbelievable just... part of this entire movie kansas as a crime syndicate are you kidding me
2: well if there's been some sort of environmental collapse and the the interior of the country is the only place that's safe maybe or maybe you want to put your crime syndicate where you don't think no one's going to look for it but kansas anyway. <laughs> i
0: don't know kansas?
3: anyway so, All right, right, sorry i apologize yeah
0: johnson was saying that he was inspired by godard and i was taken aback by it because i didn't i wouldn't catch it's it's not like tarantino or guillermo del toro where they call attention to the references maybe intentionally or unintentionally Mm -hmm. and he's like yeah i just was revisiting like alphaville and um uh uh uh, breathless and it was just like this would make a pretty cool sequence and i was like you know what now that he points it out it, it makes a
2: lot more sense yeah because tarantino is the kind of guy who like if if you know to make a music analogy will like take the chorus from a song and then like drop it into his mix Mm. because he thinks it'll work well and i think ryan johnson is the kind of guy where it's like if you strip away all the other instrumentation you will hear a very subtle pachelbel's canon in the background
0: (laughs) right like i just want you to pay attention to the guitar
2: yeah I remember I'm I'm really big into film noir and noir fiction and so like I caught like the verbal things in Brick, which is you know his first movie. So like maybe he was being a little more obvious then, but like the the honking like long short long short is like um, a knock that a particular detective tells someone to do, and then like the whole line of now you are dangerous is from the Maltese Falcon, I think. But yeah, yes yeah, it so is. He's, he's great for being the kind of guy who can meld that a little better. I mean, like, you know, he did The Last Jedi, and that was like a Kurosawa film yeah. at some point. Yeah, yeah. And, Especially
0: um, the, the last um, uh, battle with... Or, I don't know if I'm like oh, Spider-Man yeah, on Crait? Yeah, <laughs> the last battle when Luke shows up. Or,
2: yeah. Everyone's I favorite salt I planet.
0: Um, it, yeah, it evoked, like, Seven Samurai. I just saw a Throne of Blood the other day, and it just... It, it, Conjured up
3: those images, yeah. Yeah.
2: But so um, yeah, I mean, um like Christopher Nolan's all about you know, narratives and like how do we experience things and like what is the importance of a dead story?
3: Wives.
2: Dead wives. Um no dead wives in Dunkirk. This is just true because there are no women in Dunkirk. <laughs> I was about to say though <laughs> um, we also we don't know, maybe uh what's his name? The Captain of the Moonstone? Maybe his wife is dead.
1: Oh, good point. He he does kind. Of, Mark Rylance does kind of give a performance of like, yeah, his wife's dead.
2: He feels like a widower, right? I mean, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's why he's got this boat he cares about so much. He's like, I already lost my wife. They're not taking my boat. <laughs> oh, that's good. Me and Thank my you. that's a good Mark Rylance. <laughs> my D stays here. tour Um, <laughs>
1: standing man.
2: I can't do it. Uh, yeah. On some days, yeah,
0: that's perfect. my favorite Nolan dunker yeah I, I, uh, I go back and forth then the prestige
2: i, mean, I was about to say yeah kind of
0: crazy for that but that's not
2: in, insane i don't know i'm still looking forward to tenet to tenet? be completely oh, off topic yes, oh, yes. yo 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 saw the trailer yo. for that, that in so, the theaters that looks so very excited fucking good.
0: i saw that smoke um,
2: bullet holes
0: yeah just the few images we need right now like oh man
2: john david washington and you forget Robert Pattinson's Robert gonna Pattinson. be in it. For some reason we've all forgotten that. It's like, weird. Uh, well, this is this is the type of thing that I love about Christopher Nolan films. Um and it's 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 more like the way that he has like gotten the ability to market his films. It's um he doesn't have to do much. Like the no, tenet trailer, not. which I still don't think is online, no. is this enigmatic nonsense like it's time for a new protagonist it's time for a new mission and it's like bullet hole through glass bullet hole through glass smoke John David Washington looks at one bullet hole takes a step looks at another bullet hole and I'm like I'm on board you don't even have to (laughs) give me that weird weird little montage of like people hitting each other and stuff like I'm, I'm good with that but that means that the entirety of my media saturation for Tenet is just him, which means that I forget that literally everyone else is in that movie. Mm. It's true. Because who's in that? Robert Pattinson. Elizabeth, Elizabeth Debicki. The yeah. the most tallest and beautiful woman on Earth. Goodness. Aaron Taylor-Johnson. Michael Caine. Hamish Patel. Kenneth Branagh, who apparently is getting ported over from Dunkirk. Like, this is crazy. It's just, it's, it's amazing. And I hope... <laughs> I almost hope that we don't get an actual trailer for this movie.
0: Do you think
1: is Brona gonna swim in the river of ham?
2: Think... I can't escape blank check on any podcast I go on. I'm
1: sorry, I'm we're we're so sorry. Like, you can leave
2: if you want. Yeah, no. Bill Graham on my podcast is constantly trying to steal blank check bits. It's really weird.
0: Um, do you think that Brana I'm not gonna is... lie?
2: My beginning bit was kind of blank check inspired. <laughs> That definitely did feel like one of those things that Griffin does that David just kind of like suffers through. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's
0: like any <Annie> ad <laughs>
2: Yeah.
0: Do you think that Bran- uh... Brana will take off his hat like he does in Dunkirk and look up into the sky with? God, I hope so. <laughs> Fear and resentment. Possible. Um, Brian, what are your take? What's your take on the Patton sensance?
2: Um, oh, uh, sorry, Martin Donovan's also going to be in Tenet, and I love that guy. Um, he's the man who gets murdered by Al Pacino in Insomnia. What uh, is for Insomnia? So, I mean, I I never had a problem with Robert Pattinson. I um, I wasn't one of those guys who's like, oh, that Twilight guy that everyone likes. And I also wasn't one of those people who's like, why are they doing this to Cedric Did- 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 Diggory? Diggory. Diggory, yeah. Um, <laughs> he's good in that movie, I think. To yeah, Harry um, Potter goof-em-ups. My um my issue with him was that I first, I believe that I first saw him in a full feature length movie that I sat down and watched in Remember Me. <laughs> I've heard Which, horrible things. Yeah, it's a, a
0: Nicholas Sparks.
2: Picture? It's it's not Nicholas Sparks. I think it's like an original movie, but it's it, it sucks. Is what the problem is. It's a terrible fucking movie. <laughs> And I feel like that movie is his one step, maybe with water for elephants, down the dark path that he could have gone down if he wanted to continue to capitalize on his Twilight thing. Because in that movie, he's like this pretty boy, bad boy who gets arrested and then like tries to, I guess is like revenge, like seduce the daughter of the cop who busted him. But then they end up falling in love, but then they don't know, like there's stuff that happens, and then it's like, Oh, we're gonna be together, we're in love. He's like, I'm gonna go talk to my dad, who and the twist is works in the World Trade Center and it oh. is September eleventh, two thousand and one. Oh yeah, it's a it's a real dumb movie. Um and then he becomes Batman. Yes. And so they, so I was like, I hate this, I hate him, he's terrible. But then I saw Cosmopolis, a movie that I did not like, but I liked him in it. Me
3: either, yeah.
2: And then I saw The Rover, which is a fucking oh. fantastic movie by David Michaud, uh starring Guy Pierce. Uh, it's written by Joel Edgerton and David Michaud, mm-hmm. And uh, Scoot Mary's in it, too. A lot of two Yeah. A lot of it's, Aussies in that. It's an Aussie movie.
0: It's an, uh, an uh, apocalyptic Aussie.
2: Yeah. Post-apocalyptic Aussie movie. I love it. It's great. I liked that movie. And I was like, damn, Robert Pattinson knocked the shit out of that. Like, that's a real, like, good-ass movie. And then at that point, I was like, I'm in. I'm on board for this guy. I think that he is a good actor who can do interesting things. And then he does Childhood of a Leader, The Lost City of Z, and Good Time. And I'm just on his side forever now.
0: Totally. We're going to be 20 house in
2: high life. Yeah. Yeah. I hated High Life, but again, I thought he was good in it. Yeah. Ooh,
1: me and Jack disagree with you hard
2: but about High Life. High Life. I love funny. It. I'm sure Jack has already yelled at my podcast about it. <laughs> it's, I mean, you,
0: Claire Denis is very give or take. So I yeah, can under, I can I can kind of understand that
2: more than I, I mean, can. The if movie you, has you a You came box. on here and
0: you were like, "Good time," that's not for me. Like, I think I would take more issue with that. Like,
2: right. Good time is, is a Good Time should be a crossover hit. I don't know why anyone wouldn't like Good Time.
3: I think but does Good Time is a reason fuck why box?
0: they're now going to be uh, giving Uncut Gems a more wider uh, release.
1: Yes. But, yeah. I'm sorry, but you guys are ignoring my question. Do any of these movies have a fuck box? I don't think so. High Life has a fuck box, and that every movie should have a fuck box.
2: And The Lighthouse, you know, kind of tells us that yeah you, you know if you're going to be isolated you should have a fuckbox because it might stop always from happening I, always
0: i really enjoyed your take on like that's that's the story of um what happens when someone's sexuality is repressed or was that mm-hmm. you yeah.
1: yeah yeah um speaking of robert pattinson in his uh, his uh, one of his next movies, The Batman, also
2: stars Paul Dano. Ha! Huh? Ah, see what I did there? Yeah, I the other crazy thing about Looper is that it 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 throws in this whole concept of like telekinesis, we and we that. yeah, that's haven't right. touched on it at all because no. we just accept it. <laughs> right,
1: yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's not a big thing, honestly. It, it, I love how the movie's like, yeah, it's not, it's not really a fucking like they're like, yeah, we all thought we were gonna have superpowers, but no, we got this lame fucking power, so who cares? Yeah.
2: And one of the things I love is that it does that so that it can shift the probably you know if the if the X Men films has taught us anything, the telekinesis is not inherently cinematic, <laughs> so it shifts yeah. the Rainmaker slash Sids crazy telekinesis powers destroying everything to the future and allows us very intimate looks at how his rage manifests in a home so that we don't get to see him like crushing a tank which seems cool but unreal and kind of dopey we instead get to see the terror it inspires in his mother and then the mess that it leaves when he rips apart garrett delahunt oh you know oh so do you so you've seen him before right he's like a great character actor yeah he's in deadwood he's in no the road he's in men. no country for is old men what else he's in a. isn't he in justified
1: Race um he's in 12 years of slave yeah. he's in um i this is all on top of my head he's he was a good villain on burn notice he's like he's a tr- like a great character actor who's been in like a million things um yeah, i just love his like southern draw and just like how he just kind of like how how he always is kind of polite in every role he's in yeah. <laughs> and i just like that um, yeah he's great i love i love him i always love love seeing him even if it's one scene
0: something that the uh, tk reminded me of um so yet, yesterday at the time of this recording there was the tesla truck that was announced that was revealed oh boy <laughs> cyber truck <laughs>
1: cyber truck gonna,
0: this is going somewhere and um I think since Ryan Johnson makes the point of like, yeah, everyone just kind of sees the TK as something that's kind of annoying. And it's like, sure. The 10% of the population can do it, but it's nothing that grew more than just floating quarters or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and I think that kind of like acceptance and uh, neglect can be applied to like, uh, possessions and um, like unwieldy possessions like the tesla truck and it's like if you see someone driving that it's like all right come on like seriously like, it's not even like impressive it's just you're just trying to flex on someone that can't afford that and yeah it's kind of uh impractical at least right now
2: i kind of feel that way about it. i see a lot of teslas on my way to work and a bunch of them in the garage at my office and i'm just like i i I can't imagine that the type of person who could easily afford that car works in the same office right. building as me. Yeah. We're not going to
0: pull into the same parking lot,
3: um,
2: right? And so it's it's just really weird. And like I under it, it's interesting that the 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 kind of almost similar concept of like the TK, like you said, is pretty weak. But clearly, like in the future, this one kid has really good. And so I see which something which is never like,
1: explained, which I find interesting. I don't well, care, she's but she's slightly that...
2: more powerful than yeah. the others. And so I that's think it true. might just be like, if this is a thing that's manifesting, then this kid's got it. Um, also, it seems to be that it somehow might be tied to her past drug use. So it's almost like fetal alcohol syndrome, but if it gave your kid superpowers... I don't know. Yeah, no. I, 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 I don't mind that it's that it's not totally... Oh,
1: different. neither do I. I just... I, I, I for some reason... Like so, it has been. Even though I've seen this movie a lot, it has been a little bit. So when I was watching it, I'm like, well, two things I forgot. One, for some reason, I thought he, I thought he kills the second kid, uh, Piper Peppero. Is that how you Piper pronounce it? Piper Bravo's. Bravo's kid. For some reason, I thought he actually goes through with that. No, and the he gets second, jolted. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the second one, I and the second thing, for some reason, I thought they explained that like why the why Sid is like that. Um, and by the way, the kid who plays Sid is great. He goes yeah. from creepy yeah, he's to like cute. Yeah, like five years old. Like a, yeah, exactly. Nuts. It's like yeah, a no. great flip of
2: creepy, cute, creepy, cute, <laughs> and then terrifying. Just like full on scary. <laughs> like his that scene where it's slow motion and he's screaming right into the camera. It's really good.
0: It's oh, like, oh, so um, have either of you seen the James L. Brooks movie? How do you know? No. <laughs> it's how not do you know? Good. Nick Nolte's right. That's Oh, is
2: how do you know is the one with uh, Wait, the guy I... with the? Wow!
0: No, it's not. I'm thinking of the wrong uh, one. Owen
2: Wilson,
1: um, Reese I'll, Re- no, I'll, I'll do anything. Rudd. I'll do anything.
0: I'll do anything. Oh, no, yeah.
2: Definitely haven't seen. I'll do anything.
1: <laughs> no one's seen. I'll do anything. <laughs> it's
0: very bad. Yeah, that's yeah.
1: Have um, you seen the musical cut? No, no.
0: <laughs> but the point is, Nick Nolte's kid that he has to take care of reminds me of sometimes how Sid can act, where it's like just this. Thing that you can't Lightmare? stop. Like, <laughs> this noise machine. And, yeah, it's
2: like... I got I get extremely lucky with my child, who so far... Yeah, I was going to say, so
1: as much. a father, what do you think of Sid?
2: Um, I hope one day that my daughter uh, is powerful enough to threaten the entire world. <laughs> I don't know. It's okay. weird. Like, there are certain movies where, like, I see them, and I'm like, as a parent, my, like, view of this movie has shifted now. Um... I think that it, I I I find it interesting that I will never live in a world where I saw Manchester by the Sea before having a child.
3: Oh boy! Yeah.
2: Um. My daughter oh, had like. God. My daughter had. I. When did Manchester by the Sea come out? 2017. No. Oh. Yeah. No. So, you're so right, it was the year that my daughter was born, and it came oh, out apparently God. in December. So my daughter by that point was like six months old so
3: Jesus.
2: i get to see that fucking movie and um if you've ever wanted to hear someone have a nervous breakdown on a podcast <laughs> seek out the film stage show episode on manchester by the sea um where i just oh, basically god. spiral for a good 40 minutes at the oh, end oh my god is
0: it anything like the uh, mother episode
2: uh I don't know. What? Well none of us none of us just had to leave, so it's a little <laughs> bit better. Um, I, I, Michael left, yeah.
1: <laughs> should I see that? I asked that to every person that's seen that movie. Like, I, love I still Mother, haven't seen yeah. it. I
0: okay. love Mother. I, oh, that's fascinating.
2: Mother's a great movie. I think I called it something like the blood the the cry of a blood drenched street preacher holding a knife or something like that. <laughs> so if you're down for that, then yeah, check out Mother. Um but of my, as, I mean I'm yeah. I'm kinda down for that. Then yeah, do it. We it's, may I, we
0: may talk about it one day.
2: That's think, right. Yeah. It falls it falls in your purview, as does Manchester by the Sea. If you want to do that. I'll have um, a kid Yeah, yeah, definitely have a child and then watch Manchester by the Sea. Right, um you should
0: return for Mother.
2: <laughs> oh, oh, oh. You should have Michael on for that. Um <laughs> just force him. I think he actually did watch it again and it maybe like went up a half star to like a half star.
0: Michael's ratings are a bit out there. So I'm not sure whether to trust
3: that.
2: Yeah. But so like, okay. So I saw mother like a year after having a child. Hmm. So that was also a difficult film to watch because of what happens in it, uh, which I won't spoil, but, um, please don't, but, uh, like this, movie i saw it and i i kind of i feel like this movie is good enough at like forging enough empathy to to get you through it that i didn't feel a massive shift upon having a child and then watching this movie again like i think yeah. i think a lot of that is that it's not specifically about parenthood as it, so much as it is like empathy and caring for one another and i also think that emily blunt in that scene where she is levitating in the air and oh, she's like so calming good. him down. Is yeah, exactly. Is just so good that it almost makes you feel like a child. Rather like so, if you have a memory of your own childhood like that, that's what it's tapping into, rather than like the feeling of being a parent yourself.
1: Mm. Yeah, I wouldn't mind Emily Blunt being my mom.
0: Would it be crazy so to like call, a, call? She sounds maybe, like a good mom. Would it be crazy to call into any connection with that scene where Blunt and Willis are levitating? Uh, and then to the scene when Princess Leia levitates in the Last Jedi.
2: The oh, so is that another another uh, thing that we're going to say as a Ryan Johnson staple? Is powerful women levitating? I
0: think that since we can't pick out Ryan Johnson staples, maybe visual things like that we could call into question.
2: I do love his um his like something falling to the floor as the camera pans to the side. What, I don't I don't know why I really like that. Yeah. I love his um he loves sounds that you follow without seeing the source of the sound.
0: What's an example?
2: Okay, so like in Brick, um, when you hear the fighting happening upstairs Mm -hmm. and the camera pans and then goes to the door and the guy comes through and he's like been stabbed. And then um, in this movie, I think it's like when the camera's on the outside of the house and you're following through as they're shouting at each other and then he comes out the back door. And I know there must be more, but yeah. I. And then there's some of that in Knives Out, but I won't spoil how. But yeah, it's a, uh, it's really great. It's he's got a lot of really great visual things that he does, and I just I wish that I could nail down a little more mm. what his theses are. But I feel like he is first and foremost a storyteller who wants to engage people in a way like that. So, <laughs> so one of my major complaints about Marvel movies. Is that um, often you go there, you you turn off your brain to the point where you don't even react to anything, and so like you just are staring at the screen, and it's pointless and it's it's boring, and you know it's over, and then everyone gets up and is like, "I have seen the movie, I will be back to see the movie again." <laughs> but it's like,
0: it's like McDonald's at some point. Yeah. You just,
2: yeah, it's um. I think I called Spider-Man: Homecoming that, or I was like, "This was a particularly good McDonald's meal," but I'm still not gonna fucking rush out and tell anyone. I had the Damn. best double quarter pounder today. Like this fucking thing ruled, but like knives out, like it. W- I have to go and see it again just because uh, the audience was so busy cheering and, and laughing for mm. through so much of it that I'm pretty sure I missed some killer lines. Yeah. Um, and so I think Ryan Johnson wants to shake the complacency of the audience. And I think that, you know, he does that throughout all the films that he's created.
0: I feel like in a draft pick for filmmakers that have come up, in this generation. Like we've talked about, um, Yorgo's Lanthimos already, or, mm-hmm. or at least one of the three that he's, or what, four, maybe, um, that he's had this decade. And those guys would be in the first round draft pick of like, who I'd like to see for the next like 30, 40 years in their career. Like I would yeah. like go into Lanthimos and Johnson movies.
2: I, um, I remember upon seeing, brick I think and then definitely when I saw Brothers Bloom I was like I hope this guy has a career like I want that in my life Um, because it is you know every once in a while you see a movie by someone and you're like well fuck I hope that's not their only movie like I had that with uh, Primer and Shane Carruth Mm. and it took fucking forever but but he got Upstream Color out Mm -hmm. and I was like well this is better than not having it but it also just proves to me even more that I want more from this guy
0: it was like when I saw Hereditary. Like I just, I I need anything he has right now. Please, just, yeah. yeah, give it.
1: And well, he, he gave, gave something. It. That's for sure. <laughs> he gave <laughs> something. And then he you didn't give you it summer. He gave something.
0: Clay, I think we found your catchphrase.
2: <laughs> he gave you something. He gave you something. I'm really concerned about the ways that could be deployed in a yeah. problematic <laughs> way. I mean, he he gave you something. It was you, you watch. You watch he follows, it. and it's like. Ah, uh, you know, oh, girl, no. and then he gets up, and he gave you something.
3: <laughs> oh, no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it wasn't what uh, you said. It was just how you said it. It was just chef's kiss.
1: I mean, honestly, Ari Aster gave you something. I don't yeah. know how else to say it. Um, I, So another co- connection that I spotted between um, Johnson's films and Looper is, you guys remember – when Laura Dern with purple hair cameos in one scene, I'm being completely sarcastic.
2: I don't even know how to play off of that. Thing. I mean, like
1: Jack, 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 was like, I saw Jack and he was like considering, like, did I miss? Wait, wait
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> like, I was like, wait. is there even a funny part in the movie where I can be like, oh yes, she was just in the cornfield?
0: Because it's pretty tight. Like, it's not a very ensemble-y movie.
2: Right. I was gonna be like, yeah, yeah she's in the background of the disco club, but right that's not after. funny. <laughs> She's in China.
1: Jeff Jeff Daniels isn't that big of a role, but he's great. Paul Dano doesn't have that
2: big role, but he's great.
0: Yeah. It's just
2: I mean Paul Dano is exactly what you need from Paul Dano in this movie. It's like can you be the the, the friend who's cool enough to not be, like, a drag on the the actual cool character, yeah. but also, like, you just feel real bad for but
3: it. Isn't enough. he
1: kind of cool, though? I don't think he's, like,
2: I don't know. Like, he, he thinks I he's, mean, cool. he's He's a looper, so he's got a little bit of coolness, but he's definitely, like, the beta of the group,
3: you know? Yes. He yes. kind of reminds it's... me
0: of Paul Dano, and I know you're not a fan <laughs> of this movie. He reminds, I mean, me of, yeah. he reminds me of, does Paul Dano remind me of Paul, Paul Dano? A Paul Dano type. No, he reminds me He of,
2: reminds me of the other Paul Dano <laughs> in There Will Be Blood.
0: <laughs> um he reminds me of his character in Oakja. Oh god. Yeah, I
2: know. I don't even remember what does he play in Oakja? Is he he's like just, a guy? He's, he a...
0: he's a guy who like leads a rebellion. Oh, he's one kind of, of the eco
2: terrorist guys. But yeah.
0: It's he he plays it in such a way that it's similar to here. He doesn't take the story away from the, uh, he's the, kind of ruthless in that movie,
1: right? Yeah. Isn't, isn't yeah. he kind of ruthless in Okja?
0: Yeah, I think so, but
2: it's, it's so bad that when I think of Okja, the first thing I think is I still really want to eat that pig. Oh. <laughs> Monster. There's like a scene where like they take a core sample out of like her flank and they cook it and they eat it. And they're like, it's delicious. And I'm like, all right, I'm on board. Let's do it. I'm salt. So
0: oh my God. I don't know if that was the intention or not. I don't know. That's like not, I wouldn't say that's upper tier bong, but you know,
2: no, I, I, I hated that. movie. (laughs) Whoa. Hated. Yeah. I was, I like finished that movie and I was angry that I had been forced to watch that movie. (laughs) Damn. Uh, There was a lot going on there that I did not care for. Darius
0: Conji cinematography.
2: But yeah, I just remember at the end of that movie, I was like, I understand, you know, oh, like that one pig was trying to get like its little piglet out and that's cute and everything. But I still I'd still fucking eat that thing. I just don't know. I don't know what other way to say it. Like, yeah, I want to eat that pig. (laughs)
0: Um, But yeah, I think Paul Dano is like the perfect supporting character in pretty much anything. Like look at him in Prisoners or Twelve Years a Slave.
3: Yeah, he just no. Had he's...
0: Such a sinister vibe.
2: <laughs> and I've enjoyed him in his leading roles too, but like, yeah, he's he's a great supporting character. He he's he's great at, at making an impression without drawing attention. Totally. Which is an underrated. Oh, that's why he's so no, he perfect for Riddler? It. He's so
1: perfect for Riddler. Sorry, I, I like I, I everything in my mind goes back to Matt Reeves' new Batman movie. That cast is stacked.
2: Wait, is he the huh? Riddler in that? Or are you making a yeah. joke? No, no, no. He's he's gonna be the Riddler. What the shit? <laughs> Isn't that great? That movie's coming out in twenty twenty one. Yeah. I thought it was next year. I don't know what's happening in Hollywood anymore. No one does. Well So is well, this I, I, is this is this a part of the whole Harley Quinn thing or is he have we figured that out yet? Oh
1: okay. I, I mean, that's another podcast. I could I actually could explain it to you, but that's <laughs> oh, no. that's a, that'll take some All right, time. Yeah. It's fine. Um, I don't
3: care. <laughs>
0: Well, that, that'll, boo-hoo. That would be really confusing for anyone who's, like, not at all vaguely following. Not really. Um, like, like, you guys
1: all forget it once after after you watch the movie.
0: I'm hard, the only nerd like, who
1: actually remembers shit.
0: No, I'm just talking about other people that, that aren't as Yeah, invested. I'm saying, like,
1: no one forgets... Everyone forgets the movie after they walk out of it. Maybe. They're not going to care, like, like, oh, that was the, you know, Suicide Squad, like, you know.
0: I just was well, expecting the... someone for... Um, I was expecting someone to think Batman would pop up in Joker. <laughs> oh, I, I'm I mean,
1: like, yeah, but, like, they didn't, and they loved
2: it anyway, so. That's Technically, he did. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> popped off. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I mean, like, here's my thing, though, is, like, so we've got the Batman coming. I have no idea what that's relation is to everything else, but Joker was completely <laughs> different. And then... It's all loosey goosey. I'll put it like that. They're we're not, like really not. Right now. We're not making any of the other movies except for Wonder so, Woman two and Aquaman two. Oh, Aquaman two is happening, and then we've got Harley Quinn and the fabulous Birds of Prey emancipation movie.
1: Birds of Prey and the fabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn.
2: Yes, I'm is. a comic book nerd. Congratulations! So is... Congratulations on remembering that title. <laughs> it's, um, it's ruining my life. You get but one I was free the,
0: ticket for everyone who says it correctly. <laughs>
2: It's like a Birdman, like anyone who says the full title of Birdman, I immediately Always. put on a list.
1: <laughs> I can't, I can't even, uh, the, the Unexpected Ignorance, ignorance of... Of The
2: Unexpected Virtue of Ignorance. ignorance. Yeah, You're close. We're doing... Birdman or the Unexpected Virtue of Ignorance. So and wait,
1: who's on that. the list with me? I want to know. Am I like, is it the coolest? Is it like the VIP list? Or is it like it <laughs> the is. Unabomber list?
2: It's a bad list. You don't want to be on that <laughs> list. Well, that's, well, that sucks.
0: It's a no-no list.
2: Yeah. I guess you're not is... coming back on the podcast. And I just looked it up. <laughs> this is the worst part. It's Birdman or open parentheses. The unexpected virtue of ignorance. Close parentheses. How can the so or, or be two. a parenthetical you aside?
0: You have options. It's Are you an like English Dr. or how I stopped worrying or love the bomb.
2: Right. Yeah. yeah. Which is just like a whole sentence. I, you make the parenthetical aside the or clause. Like this is stupid.
0: Uh, injury, damn injury too. you rest one side me <laughs>
2: um,
1: you guys notice that like when he's so after Dano's kidnapped uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt looks in the vault with, or like his safe with all the money and he mm-hmm. oh, he takes out one of the silver uh, his, what do you call them silver bars and there's blood on it so it's like blood money
2: it is blood money and as we all know Judas Iscariot sold out Jesus for pieces of silver Oh God, I,
1: I I don't read the Bible, so
2: I mean, so that, you don't have to read the. That feels like one I don't know the really stories. About, I don't. Oh, I
1: don't. I don't. I don't know.
2: You've never <laughs> heard anyone just does. be called a Judas and known <laughs> that that's.
1: Well, I mean, I, I I knew I know that Judas, like, yeah, he sold out. Jesus. I didn't know about the piece of silver part.
2: Oh really? I, I thought that well, you know it's weird because I'm coming from inside the the church, but you know I figured that's one of those things that everyone knows. I thought you were in your house. Uh, my house is a church. that's a lie Um, so yeah no that's weird I thought that everyone knew about 30 pieces of silver being a thing I've heard people shout that at people well we're all sinners so I don't know what to tell you that is true Terrence Mack will tell you that (laughs) Terry
1: every diner scene so when they're in the diner I'm like oh heat every diner scene I can't I can't I can't do it I can't stop it I think
0: of what are you going to do I think of uh, Moonlight
3: for every, oh, really? good For see, I
2: see Moonlight, and I think Heat. So. Wow, we'll get, uh, yeah, we'll actually, I, anytime I see a diner scene, I think Reindeer Games. <laughs> oh, my
1: God. All right, now I can say you're not coming back on the podcast. All right. There there is,
2: <laughs> there's an, so How Did This Get Made as a podcast I love. And um, they did an episode on Reindeer Games, and they mentioned, like, they're sitting in this diner, all of them at this table, like, clearly talking about, like, a crime... And it's there's so many people at this table, and the guest on the episode said, "Right, they're sitting at the robbers table." <laughs> and I'm like, "That's true. Every movie diner has a robbers table where it's like, if a group of people who look like they're probably carrying guns come in, it's like just put thief. them at the robbers table."
0: I just saw thief, um, have a, thief has thief, a diner scene. Great, great diner scene. I just saw Heat again, um, just because it's Heat and yeah. Um, sir, diner scene in Collateral. They,
2: They've no. got a robber's well, table in that movie. They they fucking hit Wayne Grow at it. I was it. just
0: going to bring that, yeah. If you see someone that looks fucking like Wayne, Wayne grow. grow come in, you're like, okay, you're going to the robber's table. Yeah, you're
2: going so to robber's like, table. Okay, you are there. <laughs> Wolf of Wall Street, they're all sitting at the robber's table. They need like more the ketchup. Yeah, they
0: need more ketchup, yeah. <laughs> Trying to sell pens to each other. Yeah. Oh.
1: Uh, John Bernthal actually crushes that scene. <laughs> Remember this is very that.
0: appropriate. Um, we have a Wolf of Wall Street coming out episode coming out next
2: week. No, this is a good. This is a good segue. Then, yeah. Ended up the talking about the from. next movie, <laughs> just being like, yeah. Um, Incredible. What was the other thing I was gonna say? Uh, John Bernthal crushing a scene is that movie when he's outside in his like weird Long Island no, or Staten no, Island yeah. it's, like yard? No, no, you're, right. you're right. And he's you're just right. like, hey, tell your sister to come around. Let her watch. Yeah. Let her watch.
0: <laughs> hey, mom, we doing chicken tonight. <laughs>
2: I know so many
1: men like that. (laughs) He's so good. He's so good. Um oh, one point I wanted to bring up. This movie costs thirty million dollars. Why aren't we making more of these movies? Future movies that don't cost that much. Upgrade costs like fifteen. Um, even though Upgrade wasn't extremely financially successful, this movie made I think like a hundred or like two hundred something worldwide. And I just
2: Box Office was one hundred and seventy six point five million according to Wikipedia.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, and this would cost for thirty million dollars. Like, what are we doing here,
2: folks? Future hey, movies giving,
1: less budgets.
2: Why are we giving any movie thirty million dollars? Like, why does it have to? I don't know. I mean, that's a whole. We should have started this conversation an hour ago if we were really gonna have sure. it. But yeah, it's, I I get annoyed all the time at like that concept of like everything has to cost two million dollars. The fucking Cats movie is probably gonna be more expensive than Avatar. <laughs> it's one of the more expensive movies ever made. I just I think a report just came out. Remember, DFT, Digital Fur Technology. I think
0: we're hey, going really, to... Uh, yeah, we're going to have to do a separate episode on Cats, I feel like.
2: I, um, okay. I don't know how Cats is... Like, I feel like if you go and watch Cats, it's going to be like back in the days when you to used to go to a porno theater. You know? like I just feel like you're not going to be able to look to your sides, and afterwards, everyone's going to be walking out looking at their shoes. <laughs> I...
3: <laughs> the new...
2: The new <laughs> I have killed Clay, I think. Yeah. But, uh... <laughs> the so the 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 uh, the gonna call it? the trailer comes out. I'm at work, and I'm like, well, me too. I don't I don't care about the music. I just want to see if they've made these cats look better. So I click it on my work computer and I've watched trailers on my work computer before, and I get like three scenes in and I'm like, I can't fucking watch this at work.
3: Yeah, <laughs> what will, will
2: people think of me
3: and um, I am out to, like.
2: I'm scrolling on Twitter and I see a picture of, like, that weird cat with the necklace laying in bed. And I'm like, oh, God, scroll faster. I can't. (laughs) Wait, are you saying Idris Elba as a cat isn't hot? Is that what you're saying? I'm saying maybe he's too hot is what I'm saying. No, that's a good point. (laughs) Because, again, I just, like, I feel like you're going to be sitting in that theater and you're just going to be like, all these cats are naked.
0: I just love the fact that we have, like, cats... Little Women and Star Wars all simultaneously playing in the theater in the same weekend. <laughs>
2: it's just—it's going to be a hell of a weekend. It's chaos, yeah. <laughs> I think. Oh, Lord Dern is in Little Women. Well, a Hidden Life isn't coming out wide until like January, yeah. so I don't think we have to worry about that. But yeah, it's—it's—it's it's, uh, it's fucking incredible. And I think I've already said that if there was some cosmic edict that was like, "Hey, you can only watch." Cats or oh. Star Wars, and you will oh. never have a chance to watch the other one after this one oh day when you make God. this decision. I was like, I'm fucking watching Cats. Yeah,
0: I, I mean, I'm looking forward to Rise of Skywalker, but Cats is going to be either something we're not expecting at all or dump a slow car crash into... It's just
2: weird that, like, when I think about the movie that will probably challenge me more and show me more things that I never thought I'd see on screen, that it would be Cats. Right. Because I feel like I've probably already seen everything Rise of Skywalker has to show me. Right. But I have never seen anything like cats <laughs> in my whole fucking life. What about if it's boring? Is there a chance it's boring? The cats is boring?
1: Yeah. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> but like even if it's boring, like there's still a lot going on. I don't know. Like I, there's like,
2: so much I mean like I boring like, disappointing. I think that just the fact that I'm gonna be like trying to figure out what the scale of the cats are is gonna keep me going. Um, I, I like had a meltdown on Twitter after I finally oh, watched after I finally watched the cats thing because I was just confused by a lot of the cats and what they do and I can't let me see if I can find it. Real quick. Yeah, I said I said also I the, okay so I said um, why do the cats have fleshy human hands? <laughs> Because they're covered in fur, but their hands are 100% still human. And then I said, also, all the cats have very tall Tommyknocker-esque foreheads. And then my final statement was, also, also, the cats appear to be scaled as tall head-to-toe as an actual cat is shoulder-to-toe. So I think that's why the the scale of these things seems so weird and wonky. I mean, it was three days ago, and I had a three-tweet thread just about the trailer for cats.
0: There's going to be before Cats, and there's going to be after Cats. Uh, yep,
1: B-C-A-C. <laughs> this is the movie that They're destroys... going to bring B- B-C back. You know how they, like, stopped using B-C? Oh, yeah,
2: B-C-E, C-E, whatever.
0: I'm sure everyone... Did you guys experience, like, nonstop Cats discourse when the first trailer came out?
3: Yes. I mean, mostly... It
2: ruined my day. It was... I came home, I had to go car shopping... And before I went car shopping, I saw the Cats trailer. And I was just, like, walking with my friend through this car lot. And I was like, I'm telling you, man, these fucking cats.
0: <laughs> you had to kill, tell the car dealership about it. Like, this Cats trailer. I think yeah. Yeah, like, it's a really, fucked up world. messing up with my options here.
1: I think this is a fucked up world that we can't get, like, we can't make a Muppets movie profitable, but Cats, it costs $200 million. Well, we don't this know, know if Cats up.
2: is going to be profitable. I mean, like, what are the, what are the like, odds Fox, that it recoups? No. Yeah. You know?
0: Apparently it's I mean, a pretty bad musical, or at least it's not.
1: But it made, it's like the most profitable musical ever made by, like, twice as, like, it's like, besides it's Lion like King, it's ridiculous.
3: Years. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah it's, like... it's one of the most profitable pieces <clears throat> of media.
1: But That's I don't how know anyone
2: – I think aside from, like, my wife, I don't know anyone who likes it. <laughs> That's the
1: weird thing about it. But yet it's – but people keep watching it. I think it's maybe just old people in Florida, and it's just all of them.
2: <laughs> it just became one of those things where it's, like, it's synonymous with New York, so, like, I guess I got to go see Cats.
0: Maybe it's a it's a celebrity thing. Like, it has such a strange cast that that's what's...
2: What you mean the movie? Yeah, the movie, the, like the movie might drop, but I mean, oh yeah, I've been fucking waiting to see Jason Derulo in a movie. <laughs> well, I mean, well, okay. If go, he doesn't pop on the screen and just scream Jason Derulo, I'm going to be furious.
1: <laughs> I mean, I actually am. I, 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 you're making fun of me right now, but I, I, I'm going to be furious.
2: I'm just worried about what I'm... this is going to do to the furry community. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my goodness. Oh, <laughs> oh man. Uh, but oh, but again, boy. so like I'm I am I clicked over to the cat's IMDb page and they've got like the uh, they've got the poster and then the thumbnail for the video and the video the thumbnail appears to be Taylor Swift looking saucily at the camera, but as a cat, but with a mound where her breasts should be. And I'm just like, I can't I can't fucking do this. I, I feel like child. I can
1: name the, I can name like the majority of the cats cast.
2: Do you want oh, me I, to do this or should we I just... would rather you try to name what the actual characters are.
0: <sighs> another, I got a... <laughs> Another interesting thing I noticed is when the uh, second trailer came out. Uh, the cat's Twitter, like the profile, they're trying to play into how like, horrendous everyone is receiving it as. Like, yeah. on Twitter, you guys are the first to know. Cat's trailer.
3: There's it's no other
2: the option... It says, ready or not, here comes the craziest film of the holidays. Wait, really? Yeah, that's... Oh, no, wait. Nope, nope. I'm sorry. That's not what the cats thing was. That was the IndieWire tweet. (laughs) (laughs) Basically the same account. Yeah.
1: yeah. Honestly. Cats.
2: Fucking Um, cats, man.
3: (laughs) um, Speaking of
1: cats... I got nothing. I had no transition.
2: We is there any move? way, like, now that we've gone down the cat's rabbit hole, is there even any way to end this podcast, or are we just going to be here for the next 14 hours talking about cats? <laughs> yeah. So the pinned tweet on the cat's thing is, let's do this, cat emoji, star emoji.
0: Let's do this.
2: What else is there to say?
0: Right, right. It's like, you'll see up. profiles that are promoting films, like, something to tie it in and then, like, buy tickets now. Like,
2: okay. And- I made a mistake. I scrolled down and the cats movie tweeted out you trying to hashtag start an argument for words, me not listening. And it is a gif of some female cat arms <laughs> spread out, shaking her chest. <laughs> and I just you know how in old video games when they would give a woman breasts, it was like a single hump in the middle of her chest. <laughs> It's like that. Right. and they're shaking. Well, this is why Trump got elected. <laughs> Probably, yeah.
1: <laughs>
2: Sorry, I had to tell one of those jokes. Um, this is fucking crazy.
1: Oh, what was I going to say? Oh, I would love if they just came out in one of their promotional material and say, this is the Avengers Endgame of Cats. <laughs> right, like the greatest name,
0: crossover.
2: Name a more... What is it? Like, name a more yeah, epic crossover, ambitious crossover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's yeah, yeah. just like, you know, Captain America... Black Panther, and this one will be like McCavity, <laughs> Gus the Theater Cat, Jenny Any Dots, Old Deuteronomy, name a yeah. more epic crossover. What if
0: it's not even the cats and their characters, but it's just the actors like Jason Derulo, Ian McKellen, Idris Elba. No, fucking at...
2: Winstone is in this? Jude- Ian, Judy Ian Dench. Cats. Uh, uh,
0: um,
2: Jennifer Hudson.
0: Jennifer Hudson. Um, uh, who's the late night host? That... James Corden. Oh my god. Yeah, it's just their faces, and it's like, finally, together, at last, on the big screen.
2: The <laughs> only thing, though, is that I will say that this this uh, Francesca How- Hayward appears as though she is a very good dancer. Oh,
1: that's good. Oh and as a but, person yeah, who... main character, isn't she?
2: Yeah. Main... And as a person who values ballet as an art form, I mean, maybe I'll find something in that.
0: Yeah, she's like a complete unknown, is that right?
2: Yeah, she's like a legit yeah. ballerina, I believe. Um, this is a good she's chance she's going to win the Oscar <laughs> yes yeah. for best ballerina cat
1: yeah well, um, oh, well actually you know what that's a pretty heated category this year I don't know that's pretty it's contested <laughs> best ballerina cat It's
0: best it's, ballerina cat Skrull Johansson is uh,
1: a ballerina cat
0: she's wide open for it
3: but okay I we're going to move he, on <laughs> I'm joking.
0: Um.
1: All right. All right. Sorry. Okay. So now there was a thing that came up. What if Broom Kid faced oh, yeah. Sid?
2: I think Sid wins. Sid win. Yeah. Oh. Broom Kid can barely move a broom, and Sid is gonna rip him apart. Um. While well, we're talking a- about ballet, really great documentary, Ballet Four Twenty Two.
0: Is it streaming anywhere?
2: Uh, that's a great question. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it doesn't seem so. No, it looks like you have to buy it everywhere. Oh no, it's on Hulu. Oh, excellent. What? Yeah. Okay. What do we? This might be my only criticism. What do we think of Kid Blue? <laughs> yeah, I love what a nerd little loser he is. It's a little much. Is I don't he, know.
0: I, is he I, in Brick? I, I
2: forget. I, yeah, he's he's a uh, he's Dode. I think he's Dode in Brick. He looks like a Dode. Right. Okay. He's um he I think he's in all of. Ryan Johnson's movies yeah.
3: it's like, his no, a Twitter I'm...
2: handle is at Kid Blue oh, that's he's funny. Noah Segan right like,
3: Yeah, yeah.
2: he's also in um, one of the episodes of uh, Breaking right. Bad that he directed he's the fireman who finds the baby in the fire truck
0: oh yeah okay um, interesting yeah.
2: so yeah, he's in wait, so, Kid Blue
1: so do we like Kid Blue? I I, I character
0: yeah, I, I think, think he's a little. I think he's a uh, he could be. Um, oh, what's the word?
3: <laughs> much.
0: Yeah, he could be much, but I think Noah does well with what he has. Yeah. Uh, oh, thankless. That's what I was going to say. He could be
1: thankless.
2: He's thankless.
0: Um, as the henchman, that sort of
2: kid Blue is literally thankless. No one thanks him. <laughs> well, because he's a fuck up and no one likes him. Yeah. <laughs> he constantly he gets that, yelled yeah. at.
0: And I think he does have be, his. Yeah, it would be different if he was like a Joe's partner or something. Oh, like Minority Report, how Tom Cruise's partner um, or like close colleague goes after Neil
1: McDonough. It. Neil
0: McDonough, yes. Oh, uh, Neil I love Neil
1: McDonough. McDonough. It great fits. it's Great and ravenous. <laughs> Justified again. If I can bring up Justified every episode, I will.
0: <laughs> and um, and yeah, like Neil McDonough goes in, and is it's like a different relationship because they were close colleagues and but mm-hmm. it's not that thing with Noah.
2: And he's Neil McDonough.
0: And he's so. of course,
2: yeah. It's very different. He's uh he's really great in Knives Out.
0: Oh, nice. Is is it a big yeah,
2: role? Was, oh, from from an I meant like Neil McDonough yeah, is a yeah, knives exactly. out.
0: What? what? It's a welcome surprise? Yeah.
2: No, um he's he's got like a it's a fairly minor role but he's in a lot of the movie because he's one of like the cops who's like there mm-hmm. so he gets a lot of fun asides yeah. okay
1: so
0: should we do favorites i mean
1: we could yes i think i i love i love the tangents but i feel like we might need to wrap it up um probably i need to sleep yeah. at some point <laughs> that's probably a great idea um so my favorite scene i could you know it's hard to beat the ending where uh, JGL uh, kills himself. It's just very well done. It's a great climax. It, everything builds towards that moment. Um, mm-hmm. The montage in the beginning is pretty dope, but I feel like I don't know the one that I keep thinking of that I find maybe one of the more surprising parts of the movie is like before. So it's like uh, Willis killing the kid. It's like right yeah. before he does it, the way his eyes and his facial expression is just so. He's communicate so much, and like he's so good in that scene when he's just he's literally saying nothing, and it's just all it's all his eyes and his face just knowing what he's about to do, and his it's just like body language too. And then after that, him like crying on the post or whatever, or the yeah. um, crying against a wall and mm-hmm. just like looking or just like mortified at what he's done, uh, what he has done. I mean, there's a lot of great eye acting. Gordon Levitt does great with his eyes, um, but. I think Willis in that scene is just so fucking good. Yeah.
2: I think. Yeah, you just. You took my scene, so I'm just just going to take back on everything
0: I can go first. That's so good. Think a little bit. Yeah.
2: Sure. Yeah. Um, I'll I'll try to think of another one.
0: I think my favorite is the diner scene in the beginning. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. It's kind of like going with the easy choice is. Well, it's easy, (laughs) but it's, uh, it's incredibly well written. Um, there's just this underlying tension throughout. Ryan Johnson does great tension. Um,
1: Shut your child think, fucking mouth.
0: Yeah, right. Great <laughs> line, yeah. Like, um, the fact that he's like, I could do diagrams with straws and napkins, but that won't solve anything, something like that. Um, we'll be here all fucking day. Yeah. We'll, yeah. Um, yeah, it's just, it's excellent. And then it ends with a pretty rad shootout, so.
2: Um. So when I watched this movie, one of the things I forgot is the way that it was structured, um, which is... Great editing, by the way.
1: Great oh, yeah. The editing is oh, fantastic.
2: The parallel narratives, it's really good. Like, I love the fact that... So I'm watching this movie, and I'm like, all oh, right, this is the part where, like, Bruce Willis comes and he gets away. But instead, it's it's that he, he kills Bruce Willis, and then you get to see his entire life until he becomes Bruce Willis and then you see Bruce Willis getting away from Bruce Willis's point of view
1: it's a very subversive
2: so, moment yeah right because y- you walk into the movie knowing what the plot is and then you see that not happen which it must so that the rest of the movie can happen but i also think it's weird because it's it it more it more firmly grounds you in empathizing with Bruce Willis than if he had just appeared out of nowhere because you when you were watching the movie, the first Joe that you like is technically now Bruce Willis. And this is the, why they, you know, talking about time travel so hard, you basically get to see the entire arc of Joe's life taking to Bruce Willis, and that's the Bruce Willis you're following around, rather than just Bruce Willis shows up and gets away, and it's like, I am you, They you know? Like, having that connection is just really great. I also love that it pays off the whole Abe telling him go to China. Mm-hmm yeah Yeah, which is like i'm I'm Um, gonna go to france it's like i'm from the future go to to china China. go to china
3: that's
2: excellent uh
1: i think if you don't have that scene if you don't have that flashback or that narrative of the transition to bruce willis um the entire movie uh, when you see bruce willis on screen without that background you're only going to see bruce willis there's no way you see him as an actual character
2: and i think you don't have that context I think it's what you said which is that without that it becomes that like 80s movie that's not as good. Yeah. Exactly. Definitely. Um, and I think that's the core right. of Ryan Johnson as a writer and director. Yeah.
1: Definitely. Um, now it, one more thing his next there's no next movie besides his rumor not rumored but kind of confirmed Star Wars trilogy that has no real plot. It's writing it apparently. It's still a
2: go. Um, that's yeah. it though. Apparently they up. are announcing what it's going to be sometime next year. Um, yeah,
1: It's there's a lot of things happening over there, so who knows if any of that actually happens, but
2: I'd be excited I for it. I almost hope that it falls apart so that he
3: can yeah.
1: do other stuff. Do other things. Because yeah. he gets... no th- talk, talk about someone who's, who gets a thankless...
0: I'm glad, he was, was just... I'm glad he was able to make Knives Out after Last Jedi, not just thinking
3: yeah. about the
1: reception. It's a just perfect just... palate cleanser.
0: Right, yeah, and it's not only thinking about the reception, but how he was able to leave this like franchise machine, and he wasn't swallowed up by it.
2: To go back to the Christopher Nolan comparison, I think it would be nice if he was able to continue doing that, where he yeah. does like the one for the studio, one for me, one for the studio, yeah. one for me. The like Batman the Marvel... Begins...
0: I find the Coen brothers do that sometimes, too.
2: Yeah. But what was it? It was like Batman Begins and then The Prestige and then Dark Knight and then Inception and then Dark Knight Rises and then and Interstellar. Uh,
3: Interstellar. 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 Yeah. And now they're just yeah, like, yeah. you know what, do <laughs> Chris, Chris, whatever, you, Chris, you, whatever you, want. you want.
0: Yeah. Like uh, he's kind of become Warner Brothers guys, like in the way yeah. like Clint Eastwood has and like Bradley Cooper and Todd Todd (laughs) Phillips
2: hearing good things about Richard Jewell, by the way,
0: I can't believe I said that, (laughs) (laughs) but
2: but it would be nice if like, you know, you get a knives out, you get untitled star Wars trilogy. Episode one (laughs) is apparently what it's called on IMDB. And then, you know, you get, what if they kept that title? What he probably, what I've heard
1: is what Ryan said. He'll like, he'll if this actually does happen he'll definitely direct the first one right all three but the next two he won't direct interesting
3: which so which i think like, is the George best Lucas. outcome for like everyone Lucas. involved
1: yeah. yeah and i don't want him directing three star wars movies in a row because then we get to see nothing like you know i don't want like we don't get to see any of his originals during that time if he does yeah. that and
0: he seems like um, a guy that would only do it if he wants to so i don't think he would want to do a whole trilogy
1: He's a big Star Wars fan, so I mean, who knows? I'm who. not um,
2: I'm not like a fanboy of, of most people, but like when I heard that he got Star Wars Episode Eight, I was like yes. really happy for him. Yeah. And I think that goes back to like, you know, I saw Brick, and I was like, this guy. Fucking well, you lives. own him apparently. Yeah, yeah he's, he's mine. He's my guy. You have it, it,
1: you have it in your lockbox on the floor. With I have silver fun. bars.
2: Somewhere in, in one of my rooms, I have a, a poster for the Brothers Bloom on which he wrote, Profundity is overrated, and then signed his name.
0: Did you meet him? Oh.
2: Yeah. Oh. Uh, I got to meet him uh, when he, he had Brothers Bloom at Landmark E Street Cinema in Washington, D.C. The corner of oh, nice. E and 11th. Wait, um, you, live, you live in D.C.? I do. Oh, I'm from Northern Virginia. Oh, I, I work in Northern Virginia.
1: Oh, where do you work? Roslyn. Roslyn. Okay, yeah, I, I grew up in the Falls Church, Fairfax
2: area. Oh, okay, yeah. That's I'm, cool. like, the most northern Virginia. I'm, like, accidentally in Virginia. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rosalind definitely tries to masquerade as though it's D.C. 100%, 100%. No, yeah, we're, we're totally part of the district. Um, but, yes, so that's where I am. <laughs> nice. um, so that
1: was yeah. essential to every podcast listener right there. Yeah, that, that, was, um, that
0: information. Ryan Ryan Johnson analysis.
2: Exactly. Um, So. But it's actually funny, actually. So when I saw Brothers Bloom um, and there was a QA and a afterwards and someone has said, like, what's your next thing? And he's like, I've got this sci-fi movie I'm writing. And I didn't realize at the time that that was Looper. And then Looper came out and I was like, I wonder if he's ever going to do that sci-fi movie. Because for whatever reason, my brain... It's just like sci-fi, it must take place on a in, ship, in like space. in space. Right. Yeah. And well, then it's I was like, oh no, this, this is Looper. Like, this is the it's,
1: sci-fi, it's complete,
3: of sci-fi
1: It's complete fiction and fantasy if it takes place in Kansas. That's just the truth. Yeah. That's just impossible. Right, like, because, because kind of, of the whole
2: the whole, uh, Wizard of Oz thing.
0: Looper's kind of tough in a genre, in a
2: way. But it's definitely science. Well, I think that's the other problem I had with it is like it's science fiction, like there are the the things that happen the with the time record. travel yeah. and stuff. But like I don't view it as a movie that is specifically about that. It's no. it's more grounded in human. So I think that's why for a while I was like, yeah. "What am I going to get his spaceship movie? Oh wait, he said sci-fi. Shit, was that Looper? <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: All right, so Brian, thank you so much for coming. On, we would love to have you on again. Where can everyone find you on the internet?
2: I can be found at my personal site, uh, BrianJerowen.com. My Twitter is at BrianJerowen. My Instagram is at BrianJerowen. If you sense the pattern, you could pretty much find me anywhere. Um, and then, of course, my podcast is The Film Stage Show, which can be found at The Film Stage Show on Twitter. Uh, find it on iTunes, and I write for the filmstage.com.
0: I uh,
2: Jack, where can the people find you?
0: I can be found at Twitter for what was that? I can be found at Twitter at Jack A <laughs> and That's it. And you I got it, buddy. For the simple cinephile, you can find reviews and such there. Um, Clay, where can everyone find you?
1: Everyone can follow me at ClayFilm100 on Twitter and on Letterboxed. Um, and uh, yeah, prepare for our Wolf of Wall Street episode next week. It's very. Chaotic. Um, I will not be on because Jack hates me, and I'm probably going to be fired soon.
2: Yeah, is that the So case?
0: is that where I pulled the plug? One
2: hundred percent. Yeah, that's. Uh, this I was actually do. a backdoor pilot for me taking your place. <laughs>
1: it's <laughs> right. that's been every guest. Honestly, yeah. he still hasn't. He still hasn't found the one. It's yet. a
0: revolving door.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs>
0: it's like the Mission Impossible <laughs> franchise. It's just like. <laughs>
1: Please follow uh, the podcast Twitter account at ETTpod. Please rate, review, subscribe. We would really appreciate it. Um, We're having a lot of fun doing this. We want to keep going, and we're going to keep going. We're going to get a whole bunch of new guests, so that is exciting, at least for me. I don't know. (laughs) No, yeah,
0: I I do agree. That would be weird if I was like, no.
1: (laughs) Yeah. No, I'm not excited. Play the hits.
2: Um, (laughs)
0: It's just going to be me. It's just me. 100%.
2: Every um, time we get a new guest on my podcast, it's constantly like, ah, oh, this, this poor person. <laughs> I hope they listen to an episode.
0: They got to deal with Bill Graham. I know. Um,
1: and remember, everyone, shut your child fucking mouth. <laughs>